Happy New Year's, boys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And would change it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I just thought maybe we'd do some, you know, sounds of fireworks. Yeah, we should. What, what are yeah. those things that you blow that the guys? Give me a little kazoo thing. Got yeah. faster than that. New Year, yeah. old, same old me. <laughs> <laughs> New Year, same ten fucking jokes. We'll recycle. I know what our resolutions yeah. are so, not this year. And speaking of which, mm-hmm. do we want to go over our resolutions? Sure, somebody, for, uh, yeah, why not? New year. Yeah. I mean, we want to have one more episode to do here until the podcast is over, but. That's uh, optimistic. Who wants to start? Uh, sure, I'll, I'll go. Uh, mine is to be on another podcast. Mm. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You could just say a good podcast, and that could be any other podcast. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to. I think any other one would be. God, I hope uh, that happens. <laughs> my resolu- Yeah, my resolution is to actually watch the music videos that we cover. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, oh, or the TV shows, or the TV shows, or even the movie, and not just the trailer on YouTube in the car on the way over, maybe at a red light, or yeah. just while you're driving, glancing. Yeah, <laughs> it's really just to review any of this shitty, stupid fucking content we have to keep covering. Yeah. Why am I, I mean, alive? why bother? Wikipedia's right there. You just you're just living for these time warp episodes at this point, aren't you? I fucking hate being here. <laughs> I don't like those either. What are you talking about, Jesse? Well, cheers, man. I got a couple. Um, my first one was to only have two kids this year. And the second one. What do you mean is, half? Well, because I've got five now. That guy gained five in one year, so it's just gonna be, we're going for just two this next You're year. You're looking to sell? Excuse me. <laughs> I snorted. And my other one is, you know, I feel like we give Garrett a really hard time, mm-hmm. and so I've decided I'm, I'm going to be a lot less fat phobic this year, mm-hmm. and I've decided I'm going to do that by making myself as fat as Garrett. And the way I'm going to do it is, whenever we do Taco Tuesday night over here, I'm going to dump the grease. Why did you wink when you said Taco Tuesday? Well, because they're not for me. The grease is for me. I'm dumping the grease out into like red disposable cups, you know, and I'm going to put them in the freezer and freeze them. Yeah. Stick and I'm going to make grease sickles. The Leto method. Yeah. 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 That's good, man. Okay. Uh, My resolution is um, a lot of my friends and family have been telling me that I should try and be more uh, culturally sensitive and maybe a little kinder to the fairer sex on the podcast. So um, I've taken everything they've said to heart and decided that my resolution will be to stop talking to those people. Uh, I don't need critical people and negativity in my life. And speaking of which, uh, I may have to visit the backwards, buck-toothed, slack-jawed, yokel, littered state of Kentucky for work pretty soon. So you're next, you bunch of walleye, illiterate, inbred (laughs) bunch of Neanderthals. (laughs) Truly a state where no sister is safe. Gene pool is fucking 60% co-red Mountain Dew. So have a jug with three X's on it ready for me to blow in the band, boys. Well said. Yep, that's it. That's my only resolution. Fuck, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll feel at home there. Yeah, seeing, seeing all these resolutions go around, I think we should all take a, a group of resolution to also speak into the mic when we're talking mm. and not uh, oh, our sure. second mouth that's on the forehead. I am, so glad, I am so glad that you brought up group resolutions. I think as a podcast, we should make a resolution to make sure whenever anyone is speaking, we talk over them immediately. Yeah. Let's not wait until they get any. Yeah, that's part a really the, good idea. I think you. we should definitely do that. Yeah, I, I don't. Let's not wait until any part of the idea thought. Why is it so fucking quiet in here? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
And welcome to another episode of the 90s Roulette Podcast, a show where we see what media we cover from the only decade worth talking about these things. I'm not saying this last part. Uh, Michael, with or me not. is... I'm Garrett! <laughs> We're doing that again. Just, we've already done this. We bit. wouldn't have done it the first time. Yeah. It's, not a bit. Say it's just something he keeps doing. All right, yeah. let's start off this episode good. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. We I'm said we were gonna do it. God damn it, Garrett. <laughs> oh. Okay, look. I'm Michael, and with me is. I'm Jesse. I'm Garrett. I'm Dalton. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, you looked at me like, is this right? And Garrett, what are we covering today? Or we're oh, real quick. Are you chewing gum or something? No. Are you sure? I'm hearing some <laughs> mouth sounds from you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, oh, fine. They're called words, Garrett. Do you, do you want me to talk about what words are? Uh, no, I don't understand those. You, we're covering. I, hey, 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 hey. This is going really, really well. <laughs> yeah. This is the worst intro yet. That's a low, low bar. Um,. We're covering Armageddon directed. Should we restart for real? <laughs> new no. year, new no. us. No, same old us. Worst us. 2024 is going in strong. Yeah. We it's can good. literally start over if you want. No, no. He's pulling out a candy wrap. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't gone. He's just fucking gaslighting me. No, you can't hear it. It's a hole. No, gaslighting you is talking about how fat you are. Yeah. Which you are. Yeah. You're not skinny. You're fat. Am I fat? Thank you. Good job. Hey, I pay your ten dollars. <laughs> it's really good. You really convinced so good. I was almost convinced he wasn't fucking obese. <laughs> All right, and we... change it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was really good, guys. All right, talk about again. Garrett, please, for the love of God, tell us what the fuck we're covering in this piece of shit. Oh, uh, we're covering. <laughs> this is the best fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> There's not even a fucking show, Jesse. <laughs> just tell That's us what the we're entire show. This piece of shit. The absence of a fucking show. We're just trying to get through announcing that we've got three different pieces of shit to jam two hours of talking over one another into a fucking podcast so we can tell them, go to our Patreon, where we ask, do tits go bigger? Yeah, it's almost kind of like Seinfeld, where it's really not about anything, but instead of Elaine, we have Garrett. <laughs> 2024 this podcast used to be a piece of shit though it still is <laughs> but it used to be too <laughs> to be. all right Gary. I mean, newman was right there <laughs> you're right ah, can we take it back can we start over from the beginning? all right we are covering armageddon directed by michael bay for our movie for our tv show we are covering reboots and for our music video, we are covering I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. Uh, does anyone want to make the obvious reboot joke? <laughs> Just start the episode over. Yeah. <laughs> start our friendship over? <laughs> no, I'm joking. We don't need to start anything over. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. No, you, were, you were looking wow. at me like I don't do the Here, next part. Give, you, give me some of that load of the heavy lifting you just did. I'm my waiting on you to take it. My New Year's resolution is to actually have transitions in the episode Thank and not God. just fucking fade out on. Yep. Believe it or not, there is actually a cue card over Mike's shoulder that I'm reading. <laughs> you okay. can't read. So uh, How just, about without any further ado, we just get into it. We'll get into these snaps here. 
show you this. Oh, okay. We're gonna close your eyes, boys. Yeah, yeah. That's not one worth saying. Okay, apparently. <laughs> yeah, we're doing yeah. this on mic. You ready? Close yeah, your boys, eyes, yeah. boys. Okay, close okay, your okay. eyes. Right, okay. Look directly at the gift. Yeah, he's gonna pull a tacos. <laughs> Garrett, close your eyes. I, I know they look closed because your cheeks are so big. Go for you. I don't. Is this a box of like sandwich bags? No. Can we open our eyes yet? No, these are more inedible. <laughs> yeah, you can open your eyes. Okay. It's the new year of the mongoose in uh, China, boys. So. What the fuck is this? I don't know. Eat it, eat, eat it all and find out. I don't want to eat it on mic. What is this? Are right, you want to describe what you're looking at? Yeah, okay, yeah. It. Here, I tell you, audio medium will fucking yeah, love I, that. But. Oh, sorry, Jesse, you were talking. Wait, are these gushers? <laughs> yeah, no, mushroom shita- gushers. Shiitake mushroom chips. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Yeah, so Mike has just pulled out of his uh, Kroger bag <laughs> these uh, Chinese, uh, Japanese, d- different uh, snacks. Uh, I'm looking at a grilled seaweed roll. Looks like you've got one there too. What else we got? Shiitake mushroom chips, a spicy edition. That actually sounds okay. Uh, let's go to this. What is this bullshit? Um, I don't know. It just looks like a rice hat. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Beep out shiitake. <laughs> yeah, just, We're just, in a clean show here. This looks like a beep. Uh, what is this? Smoked barbecue flavored. Uh, Go on. Yeah, something. You just yeah. don't want to say what it the name like that's printed on there? It looks like a rice chip with it's seaweed. Down, it's more seaweed. Yes, this is right there. And oh, they, they were okay. just in the Kroger bag. I got them somewhere else. That's all he had to say. Oh, where'd you get them from? The land of wind and ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> You're a cheap date. I know. We don't have to keep any of that. Yeah, this do we need to do this like intro trash. over again? No, no, no. The intro is perfectly... Yeah. I can't... I love that you wait a month to hear an absolute fuck fest on the mic for five minutes straight. That's mm. perfect. Yeah. Our, our best intros and closes are the ones that are the worst. That's true. Yeah. My favorite anyways. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, change it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mouth-watering new Gushers flavor with a taste that's huge! Heavy, man! Watermelon flavor bursting with watermelony juice inside. New Watermelon Blast Gushers! It's an asteroid. Not a soul on Earth can hide from it. How you feeling? Good. Considering I've never been this scared in my entire life. He had the courage to go. The will to fight. Let's go! And the reason. Will you marry me? To come back. Bruce Willis, Liv Tyler, and Ben Affleck in a Jerry Bruckheimer production directed by Michael Bay. Armageddon. Rated PG 13. Armageddon. More like Armageddon hard for the first time. (laughs) Psych. No, I'm not. Jesse. Yeah. What is this movie about? This movie. Is about Chelsea. Speak into the mic, please. I I am literally looking directly. I'm listening to it. Garrett, please don't speak over Jesse. The movie is about Armageddon of good sound. Size asteroid is headed for Earth, which NASA discovers and determines the only way to stop it from crashing in the Earth and destroying all life on the planet is to send drillers, oil drillers, up to the asteroid. To drill a hole into it to plant a nuclear bomb to break it in half, which they hope will separate it into pieces and it will miss the earth. That is effectively the plot of the movie. So after they decide how they're going to do it, they approach Bruce Willis, who is the owner of this company that runs an oil rig, and tell him what they plan to do. 
and he says, "Well, I'm he not going to do it." He says, "Where am I?" <laughs> that's he's not not, nice. Oh, <laughs> that's fucking mean. You want to take that back? No. I fucking love Bruce Willis. So he says he's not going to do it unless his team can come with him. And so we get this rowdy cast of characters, including uh, Clark Duncan, Steve Buscemi. Um, who else is on there? Uh, Owen Wilson, Owen ben Wilson, Affleck. Ben Affleck. Yeah. Some guy with black hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That really Gruber. stands what out. Is his his name? Like, I have no name idea. Like Gruber like, or something this like guy that. Is Red dead, shirt, and they yeah. get like a close up on him, and you're like, who? Who is that? Yeah, like when you look at that lineup, because there's so many like lineups of these big character actors, you look at that guy and it's like, I don't think he's going to make it to the launch of the spaceship, yeah. <laughs> let alone like on the asteroid. Yeah. Like he a, does he dies die in a later. training it's such, a, it's such a like sad moment. They do you have a close up on him. It's like, Gruber's dead. <laughs> like, who? Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, I don't like even remember. Yeah. Yeah. I, I squinted. I'm like, is that Liv Tyler? I don't even <laughs> fucking, I didn't even know she was up there. That's the so, most scream time that guy got. So anyway, yeah, they get the rowdy cast of oil drillers together. They learn how to do some astronaut space stuff at NASA. Meanwhile, that asteroid is headed for Earth and they're running out of time. So with just a couple of days left, they get them all up in space and two different teams with two different shuttles. And they go up there, they plant the bomb, and Bruce Willis has to stay behind because they can't launch it. They can't Spoiler blow it alert. from Earth. Spoiler alert. And then the rest of them escape and the asteroid misses the earth and everyone survives. I think a lot of them die. Well, the earth survives. Okay. So that's deep impact. What's Armageddon about? (laughs) (laughs) That was the whole joke. Yeah. 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 There is a, uh, a fun little quote on the commentary track by Ben Affleck, who spends most of the commentary track shitting on the movie. Drunk. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, where he's he's talking about asking uh, Michael Bay while they're shooting it, wouldn't it be easier to just train astronauts to be drillers instead of training the drillers to be astronauts? Literally the question and, everyone has watching yeah, the movie. And Michael Bay said, shut the fuck up, <laughs> which is the attitude for the entire movie. Um, right. And they do uh, attempt to explain why they, they do. don't do it, but yeah. not well. No, no, but, no. It makes perfect sense that uh, you know absolute graduates of Ivy League schools who have spent their entire lives now adult lives being astronauts and training for eight months was it? Yeah. To be drillers. Yeah, we'll probably just kick those guys out so the pedophile and felons can come in and learn how to be fucking astronaut. What? It in doesn't a, even a matter fucking of a couple make... Of, wait, here it goes. It <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, before you get off on that, the, the the point I was going to make, I guess, is like, this is the Michael Bay thing where the reason he probably just kept it that way is not any logical reason, but because he just wanted to... He, he likes putting the blue-collar roughnecks as the heroes, and the like pencil pushers, white-collar scientists are as kind of like the antagonists a little bit, so it... Oh, you mean how the smartest man on Earth, yes. as he was referenced, couldn't figure out how the fucking combustion engine worked yeah. on his drill or some shit? Who gives a fuck? These guys have been studying it. It makes no fucking sense. Well, it, feels like, yeah, it has this entire tone of just like, it's supposed to be like relatable. Like it could be anybody. Like it could be you up there on that asteroid. Because you could fuck like, strippers and still be a spaceman. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, that's the take. That's a direct quote from Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> <laughs> is that after he punched the guy in the face? Oh, that's right. He did do that. Wait, yeah. is that true though? Did he actually do yeah, it? Yeah, he, he did punch him. Okay, I think. Okay. It was like a. Yeah. 
Although yeah, if, he made if Armageddon movie. was made today, <laughs> it would have been the, the other way around. It would have been the super intelligent astronauts going up there and doing this because they could they they could just write it better and make it more relatable. I, I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad that you brought this up initially and that you're you're hitting it with this point. If you want to have this blue collar hero aspect. Just fucking make Steve Buscemi and Ben Affleck and all other cast the astronauts. Just make them yeah. the astronauts. It really and have, doesn't change anything. It doesn't. Right. Exactly. No. They can Just, still have normal lives and yeah, families. And, you kill off most of them anyway. What does it fucking matter? Just let them be the astronauts, have banter with him, and he can still have his heroic blue-collar moment where he stays behind to tickle the bomb. I don't know if you can get away with it though, aesthetically, though, because when they show the astronauts in the movie, they're like ubermensch. Like, literally, it's like meeting, you know, supreme beings. Well, like, they're like fucking staying there. Like, they're everyone in the Anger where they're walking through it looks like they're ready for a photo shoot they're just standing all in a perfect line and they've all got their arms crossed the same way and they've all got the same chiseled jaw and look they handsome. did a fucking lineup yeah but i mean you're talking about steve buscemi's an astronaut he looks like he's jaundiced i mean he looks like his pancreas is yeah, failing that, that's him. the other thing like no none of these people should be cleared to fly in space because none of them including michael clark duncan especially the big guy who's only there to be fat should be approved I, I to don't healthily. think i'd call him fat that. The plot even <laughs> the plot even has to fall. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The plot even has to fall back on the fact that they're not astronauts and have the the Russian guy's character. What's the actor's name? Uh, Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare. Yeah, great guy. Um, but he has to the whole movie, the whole second half, carry them like through the whole thing, like when getting off right, the space they station. Right. Like, when yeah, they're trying him to get the... and dollar store, Kevin Bacon is helping them out. Basically. <laughs> right. Yeah. He, he multiple times makes the joke about how like, I'm the only licensed astronaut. Let me go out and deal with this problem. And it's like, yeah, it's a good thing that he's here, that he had to come with y'all because y'all yeah. would have been screwed. Wait, Otherwise wait. you wouldn't have had a guy that could hang off a grappling hook and <laughs> spin around a ship while it, flies through a fucking asteroid field of the sharpest rocks known to man that never stab anyone. Not to mention this they, they can't stupid. figure out how to make the thrusters work on on the actual armadillo or whatever that vehicle is called. Does anything fucking work? They go to a space station. Okay, not, but not, the, not that is a, that is a Russian space God station. But so that's like the funny. thing. Of, this is like a super American movie where the Russian space station's got to be made of like duct tape and fucking rubber bands and gum. Right. It's so it's so barely held together that the fucking lever that removes the kill command for the entire fucking station to explode breaks off because it's made out of fucking aluminum foil. What I And also, the fact that this movie is an entire thing of, we gotta save the entire planet. Who's gonna do it? Florida? Probably. Wait, like wait, wait a minute. 20 guys in Florida at is, Kennedy Space Station. Is Dollar Store Kevin Bacon Liv Tyler? Is that what you meant by that? I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm still hung up on that. I was waiting for you to chime in. Yes. I I just feel like, man, if you wanted to make this fucking movie where Bruce Willis does the fucking thumbs up and then clicks the button, that's fantastic. He can still do that, but you can still have a fucking story that works and you don't have to spend 45 goddamn minutes to get a guy riding motorcycle, guy riding horse, guy riding a stripper all back to back to back. That's not true. It's an hour 
in 15 minutes. <laughs> just, I, I do want to like that, that sequence in particular. So like the timeline is very confusing yes. from when like they figure it, say, okay, we've got 18 days and then it cuts to the oil rig, introduces those characters and then they come and get Bruce Willis and fly him out to uh, wherever they're at, NASA or whatever. And he's like, I need my guys. And all the guys that he's talking about, you just mm-hmm. saw at least most of them on the oil rig. I'm glad you bring- mean 10 minutes ago? But they're, yeah, but they're in China. Is that? Is that well, yeah, they're in the they're like in the Chinese, they're like in the Black Sea or some shit. They're yeah, like right, to, and, and then yeah. the next time when they're like, okay, now let's get the the band back together. They're like all in Texas. Yeah, and they're all yeah, over New the fucking map. When did they have time to like go back to their lives? Oh, you mean and because the span they were, of it could only be a max of two days. Even two if days you could stops. make the argument that they flew home, whatever they like, most of them, you know, just started going back to life already within a day. The one that was the most jarring to me was Ben Affleck because he got fired by Bruce yeah, Willis. He started on the a business. <laughs> had time to start right. his own business yeah, yeah. he's on a whole yeah. different rig and he owns it has his name on the yeah. logo he and everything like a storefront like, yeah how did he do this in like 48 hours and i also want to just Matt damon's help <laughs> <laughs> that's the best i had for that god damn he came back that's from mars bad, yeah and also i just want to point out the other overarching entire fucking plot line for the movie is that it's a big ass asteroid and it's bringing with it a whole shitload of debris that is going to fuck the earth up and is already fucking it up. It levels some fucking random sea. In only the major Southeast. cities. Yeah, only ma- major cities. Yeah. Paris gets knocked out at one point and that's when it finally, two hours into the movie, everyone's like, oh, there's stuff in space and bad. That's but, a really good French accent. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> Cities across the world, not just New York, are being leveled because there's a shitload of asteroid debris falling in. And the only people to notice this is like a sign of the end of fucking days are the 30 men inside this fucking NASA headquarters. I don't know why no one else... It cuts to those cities. It cuts to Paris, and it cuts to... Oh, where that Was it fucking in the... Somewhere Seoul like, or yeah, something. Yeah, Seoul or something. I don't know. Some southeast country, I think, or some shit like that. And no one is... It seems completely oblivious. Like... No one is keeping up with the fact that there have been giant shards of rock. Well, I think the only one the world. that gets hit prior to them going to NASA is New York. Because everything else happens after because yeah. they're they're like, my guys need to go it's, out and have one more New York, night. And then, it, and then it's like wherever the... Then it's France. The Asian then it's, place it's is. Paris. And then it's Seoul towards the end of the movie. But even if it was just New York. That- oh, Yeah exploded you should have had to hit like a podunk town in nebraska and be like almost like a roswell incident of keep it under wraps because otherwise it defeats the point of having them stuck on this base the right stuff style and like you can't Mm. leave because it's it's security clearance yeah speaking of which when new york's getting hit which is a pretty wild sequence a lot of it's practical a lot of it's just cars blowing up practically and flipping around until the chrysler building falls and the street and it looks awful oh there's not there's cgi does not hold up but the Eddie Griffin thing, which goes on for like five minutes is with that the, the dog, that's the that's the guy on the bike. Oh, okay, he gets right. into a fight with the Godzilla seller on the sidewalk, and a basketball-sized meteor hits the guy directly on top of his head, 
but he's just slumped over in a hole in the ground and Eddie Griffin has like some concrete dust and a few scrapes on his face. I am so confused about the way the fucking meteors work in this movie because you see them hitting cars and sidewalks and they buildings. They work how they need to. Exactly. They either level a city where people are drinking wine or they cave a hole into the ground where a little bulldog can dangle. Right. That's it's funny. The, that's the range. Because I've probably seen this movie like 10 times. and For fun? I this just, week? Well, you know, like it just, it was one of those that my brother would put on every once in a while. Sure. And so like I've seen it so many times. When's How the last you time you saw it, it though? Uh, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, like before this, like it's probably been I mean, it's over probably 20 been years. I mean, I would say probably 10 years. Okay. But the burning question I had the entire movie or the, the burning thought really was that I can't believe that the cities being leveled are kind of the most forgettable parts of the movie. Like, it, it, oh, yeah. it's really like they it's happen like so fast. I mean, there's so much that I mean, happens in the movie. Right. There's so much that happens. It's kind of the least important things that happen. And, yeah. you know, you said like New York and particularly Paris, it's like a nuclear bomb goes off. Yeah. It well, levels New York's the not even like the main city. Uh, that, there really isn't like any repercussions from that because like no. the, the thing that alerts NASA more is the, the Mr. Uh, the guy that's in like a villain's layer of an observatory that he just owns, I guess, and he's like, I think I see something up which in is, space. Uh, to this day, that's still, like, who, that's still f- my favorite line in the movie. To this day, when she's like, I want a divorce, it's like, get the phone book, get, get the goddamn phone book. It's yeah, it on the level with <laughs> D'Onofrio and Men in Black saying, "Get your big butt." Back in that house, like he gets every syllable out, like like he put on lip gloss before to make sure he could just fully enunciate every nasty thing he said to her. Right, but yeah, that guy nails it. But that, but that guy has like he's got a million, a multi-million dollar observatory. Do they establish who in. he is? No, well, he he owns like he lives in a trailer. Apparently, he, like some a retired. He's a retired Navy yeah. guy, but. Yeah, right. That's Still. all he says. Yeah. And then at some point, Billy Bob Thornton says something about like all the best telescopes in the world. We there's nine of them, and we own eight of them, and it like implies that he has the other one. Yeah, like, yeah, but how, he's, how he's the living fuck in a trailer. Get, he's living in a trailer, and he's got this massive observatory. Well, behind every great man is a great woman. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, that I, you hate. That you hate. Yeah. And <laughs> you I, I want to. I want to jump to. The end of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> the end of the <laughs> we segment. We got a long road to go. I, I want to jump to the fact that they give the weirdest reward structure for what they're about to do, and then also just touch on the fact that this is a global crisis. Talking about their that, list of demands. Yes, but this is a global crisis that affects everyone. So, like, what is the future for this? Are you just eternally indebted to this? squad this team and nasa as a whole because otherwise the world would have fucking ended i mean like how how is that gonna work and also the structure for like what they want is i want to stay in the white house for a summer it's like dude you could own the white house there wouldn't be one without you guys getting this job done it's just as goofy as fucking shit and i know it's supposed to be like haha aren't the roughnecks so funny it's like, no, not really, man. They're I, really not. We don't need an hour-long segue for them to be like, that demand I like Russian goes strippers. That demand scene goes on so long, I think dude. The, a, he goes through every single one of their little requests. Well, you so, think he's going to just breeze through it and make a couple yes. of mentions because he even starts out the scene that way, but then it goes through every 
single characters demand other than Gruber because he doesn't have a demand other well, than to die. They don't go into all of them because they leave out the one about Steve Buscemi being able to let be let within 200 feet of a school zone. <laughs> Which, does so, anyone want to touch on that? That may be because... I could have picked that, the words better there. That may be because I think I, one of the trivia things I read about it was that apparently that scene was ad-libbed and all of the actors actually just wrote their own demands. Yeah, they, they wrote it down on the on the Yeah, they made it and so they had him Bruce Willis read it and he apparently like had not read it. Yeah, and wh- so that why, was why use one of the of seven writers for the fucking movie they had. Yeah, well, <laughs> this thing has got so they couldn't many JJ Abrams that much. <laughs> this so continuously throughout this movie, I'm sitting there thinking, this is a global world ending threat and here we are. Just every single time we cut away to them in a strip club or I mean, it, him talking about Ben Affleck too cute for my daughter just whatever the fuck they're doing graham cracker animals on her yeah, blouse they, they show Paris be destroyed and the next thing you see is Ben Affleck putting animal crackers in Liv Tyler's pussy it's just so fucking like what is this, what what is the significance here I'll repeat it what, or the, or the, <laughs> you, they're, they're just doing like Titanic in this fucking thruster chamber in the in the middle of the bay right man it's whatever like, after, my guys need a night off really you know who didn't need a night off the fucking astronauts who had eight months of training on this bullshit just for you to say yeah sometimes drill bits get hot what if, yeah. what is this so guy that, yeah, that's, and the, that's the other thing that I've got is like they never explain what about drilling is so complicated. Like you can get, you know, being an astronaut, rocket science, physics, that stuff is like above a layman's use. But yeah, when, when you're eleven G's in a fucking jet around the moon. Yeah, but but when you're trying to figure out like why not just train the astronauts to be drillers, and you're trying to say no, we can't do that because drilling's too complicated. It's they, real hard. Yeah, it's like well, you just show them like. You've already got the drill made, so and you already know how to use it. So why do you why do you need the crew at all? It's literally the only conversation is just Bruce Willis pouting and just being like, "Man, yeah. they don't know anything about drilling." Why, like, okay. why, why isn't the answer to him saying, "I want to bring my own guys"? No. <laughs> right. why, why is that not the answer? Like, uh, what what is his retort going to be? Okay, well, I guess I'll go die and all of my friends and family too. What is he going to say? The answer is no. Yeah, they, he you, they don't have the bargaining chips. You will all. teach them about drilling for three days, and you will go up there along with the astronauts. Yeah, and That's also, it. not only that, he fights for his team to be the ones that show up and are doing all the drill work for him, but then continuously has fucking problems with most of them. You've got a guy who starts firing a fucking Gatling gun that's there for some reason. Well, it's space dementia. <laughs> I thought yeah. that too. Uh, Why is the gun even there? <laughs> so, real, real quick, special shout out to space dementia. Yeah, Why uh, would that not just be called Dementia. Yeah, a what? real medical issue. Okay. Why is it space yeah. dementia? Because Ren and Stimpy called it space madness four years before this and did it a lot better than Steve Buscemi. Uh, also, like, yeah, why would it even be called dementia? It's not like he's forgotten who he is. He's just. Does anyone want to make the obvious fever. joke here? That's really what it is, is Kevin Fever. <laughs> Show of hands. Who wants to make the obvious joke about dementia here with this cast? Okay, I, I won't either then. Don't I just, laugh. It's not funny. I, I just want to... like We get d- it, Mike. You have dementia. <laughs> <laughs> I want to double down on the fact that he fights for his team so hard, and they concede on that point with very little resistance, by the way, as if he's the one holding all the cards, even though they have 99% of what is going into this fucking operation and project. He fights with most of them. 
He fights with Ben Affleck. The other yeah. guys don't listen to the point at which they die. One guy can't even get his fucking helmet on. Like, this is the level of shit that he's having to deal with out of his team. But the mental gymnastics that the astronauts would have had to figure out in order to drive a fucking pipe in a hole was just too much. That's where it all breaks down. Because Bruce Willis has to sternly go, eh, lay off her. Also, the machine the that the that? machine that does the drilling. There's only one sequence that's really fast where you actually see them practicing with it, and Ben Affleck is driving it, and it's just another excuse to basically show how he like doesn't listen to Bruce Willis or he's something. He's trying to push it. He's trying and to yeah. Ben Affleck but, is very calmly telling him, "Don't push it." Well, that's when they're doing the hydro water thing, where they're actually like doing the drilling yeah. part. I mean, when they're driving the vehicle, the armadillo thing. It's so fast. Oh, you're talking it's about a scene. In the, uh, at the, the end. end. He's talking about no, the No, 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 at the end. It's a sequence when they're doing all the training stuff. Fuck, I don't even it's, remember. Exactly. The music it, is a, it is a really, all of these scenes are really fast Garrett. sequence. That's my point. <laughs> is that it's the only time you ever see any of the, the guys who do the oil drilling drive the vehicle that does the actual drilling. Yeah, like when and they the pulled out, I don't remember that. I was like, where they get that? It's literally like two or three shots, and it's just Ben Affleck like starting it up and being like, "All right, guys, sit back. I got it from here." And then they're like, "Whoa, stop it!" And he's like driving it all over the place and nearly knocks people down. And like, these are the guys that we're putting on that. This is who's saving the world. This is the guys. Yeah. Also, ever since the after Paris blows up, that's from the moment that after that, the whole movie to me is like, why is the rest of the world, the entire other international community? You know, fucking the UN. Why isn't anybody stepping in and being like, absolutely fucking not? Or we will send up our own team. Yeah. Like, that was going to be my next point. No international cooperation. He, he had an entire team of trained astronauts at the ready, just needed to be under his command. Why not send up a third ship? Why not just send up those guys too? Why do you have to have just this squad of people plus pilots because reasons? To go up on this asteroid that somehow has some Michael Myers sentience at times to kill off people and then not do anything. The uh, only international cooperation that we are even aware of is the stop at the Russian space station to refuel. With when, an American flag on it, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And why, most English instructions. What, why wouldn't Russia just be like, we are only cooperating with this because we're sending up our own ship too and we're doing our why own would it, Why would there not... That, that's my main point. Have 10 ships. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. my main point right. is that it's a global threat, but we've got 30 dudes in Florida... They're on the case. Because you America. From the minute yeah, the rest because, of the world. Because pro, like, American roughnecking. Yeah. Well, there aren't, there aren't any flags or anything in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> are there yeah. flags in the movie? I think my space dimension is kicking in. <laughs> movie also, is... they also lo- almost lose the nuclear bombs. Like, how many nuclear warheads do we have? Why didn't you take up five or ten? Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Hey, yeah. why didn't you bring an additional remote start thing? <laughs> I mean, if you bring up that many, do you even need to drill at all? Could it, If you bring up enough, would that be enough to break through the To surface? just throw it off course. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, don't really understand. It off so let me ask you this. When they actually, like, fuck up the landing and they get where they are on the asteroid, which is, like, nine miles off from where they needed to be, they're encountering, like, fucking... Whatever adamantium plating on the it's like a metal that he's never he's yeah, never it's detected that you ferrite or some bullshit yeah, like iron that. or something you can't drill through it right so does it justify having the drillers there or does it make them 
less useful and that like what well, doesn't even matter who's here because you don't really have what you need to pull this off properly but they sort of deus ex machina their way out of it anyways and say well i guess he's they had a, a come to jesus meeting with a gun on a spaceship in one scene so now all of a sudden he can drill 700 more feet with an extra drill bit is yeah. that what happens at the end there I, I, guess. I had checked out I, completely also they, at this they point. They do like a real like tense countdown. Seven, we're at seven ninety-seven. I can do this, and they're trying to get to exactly eight hundred. I think seven ninety-seven is good plenty. enough. Yeah, it's plenty. Yeah, that makes, point. Somebody makes maybe yeah. it's Steve Buscemi. Somebody makes the point after they land to talk about how you know they're on this iron ferrite or whatever, so it's going to be really hard to drill through. And somebody else makes the point of like, well, let's hope it's not thicker than 50 feet or something like that so it kind of vaguely implies that it's not that tough all the way down and they eventually get to a point where it's easier to drill through it but they never actually explicitly say that. no they never say it yeah no. they never actually say that so once it gets to you know however many feet it, it seems like it gets to a point where like all right it's pretty easy they just got to do it now so it goes a lot right. faster but they just never say but that. we've got to waste time constantly in this fucking movie they're wasting time to say goodbye or say whatever or, you know just anything to run out that clock to where it gets down to the absolute last second that's when the asteroid I acts up you know there's an entire rock storm at one point that leads to the death of Gruber, the man who failed to have any screen time up to that point, and it knocks out their entire like control scheme and system for remote detonating the bomb. The shuttle that's like twenty feet away, untouched, not a bit, no no damage, no nothing. This fucking asteroid who exploded a ship just getting into it has seemingly given them a clean out. It's it's thank God they had two of everything because they only ended up with one of each every single time. It doesn't matter if it's a ship, the drilling thing, the drill bit, everything's down to the last one. It's the last drill bit. It's our only other magical tank that has a Gatling gun. And it's our only other astronaut who can get outside the thing and reset the thrusters. They are down to one man every or one thing every single time for this job. Not to mention Non-stop. the fact that there's all these seismic events happening towards the very end when Bruce yeah, Willis is stuck down there. Yeah, it starts up. blowing yeah. up, falling apart, and somehow the shuttle that it doesn't make any logical sense can actually lift off from the asteroid. Yeah. Manages no, to do it and it. get away they in like five seconds. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, I didn't realize no. we're on a space it's like a volcano. Harrier jet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, you smack it with a wrench and it worked good. The only like well, yeah, you can't woman who's trying to fix things actually fix things. You got to have the Russian guy like. It's not like the thing has a runway. There's literally all these giant, you know, stalactites. Well, there's a runway where Ben Affleck was. He's like on the Utah fucking salt flats when he's driving his thing. Like it's just a straight runway where he's at. Like going the 10 or 12 miles, whatever it is where he landed. Every time you see right. him, it is just flat. I mean, it's like an right. evil Knievel ramp. He That's where uses they needed to, to be. Off. Right. Of but. course. The only restraint that I'm really seeing, because you're talking about like they get down to the wire on every single scenario, right? Yeah. Like the only restraint that I even see Michael Bay doing is when they are showing countdowns on the nukes and stuff like that. He doesn't end it at one second. He'll end it at like 2.5 seconds or whatever. And I thought, good for him for just pulling back a little bit and not <laughs> going for the way. obvious like Bond, you know, one second left maneuver. Yeah. And also when they're disarming the bomb because the government has decided, eh, let's just all die together. He gets down to the point of where he has to cut the wire. Wouldn't that be something that he you would maybe know. read up on yeah. before? Red or blue, red or blue, yeah, red, red or blue. Red or blue, he goes, uh, yeah. Blue. Uh-huh. And th- yeah, that worked. All right, excellent. Maybe let's review the binder. 
of the very conveniently placed folder that you pull out of a nook that says secrets eyes only for this protocol with a fucking pistol it's just silly shit i love it when they bring guns into space i love it when they do the 17th shot of a golden cityscape (laughs) yeah Yeah, my my favorite part was all the parts that were bad boys it's stupid speaking of bad boys okay so he makes that in 95 and we talked about how there's really not like a budget there or the expertise there he doesn't have like the the self-assurance or whatever or the assurance of the studios to make a pure action movie so the action in that movie is kind of kind of minimal really for the runtime it's a comedy but it works as a comedy because you have will smith and you've got martin lawrence and they're prime they care so does this movie work as a fucking comedy at all because the first hour and 15 minutes is trying to make that work this is the kind of comedy that michael bay really kind of does now still and a lot of it's just grading yeah i feel like the comedy is really excellent if you put it within the lens of a woman that's says that's your daddy after she sees him on tv and then uh, continues to have an entire relationship with him at the end of the movie that's what one of the members does that's what one of the members gets he shows up and i assume his ex wife girlfriend yeah Yeah. he shows up at her house and she says that's just a salesman honey and he says i'm about to leave and you might be proud of me finally and then anyway he goes up he actually does make it back from the mission and when he's going out on the mission, she says, that's your dad. Why would you say that to that kid? Why would you say that about a man whose survival chance is like maybe 5%? And then he comes back. And what is the legality for who's allowed to be on that fucking runway? There's a bus, full of, yeah. <laughs> there's a bus full of strippers. And then there's this woman who has had one scene with a character of importance. And she just comes right on there and is like, yeah, you can go hug him now. Yep, that's your dad. What he's if there's a like a deleted scene that shows why? Because we just assume like he's an absentee father. He's on an oil rig. He's not yeah. around. What if there's like yeah. a deleted scene where he's drunk and like putting out cigarettes on the baby's ass or something <laughs> in the crib? And it's like, he's a terrible person. They don't even bother to let that thing breathe and explain why does she, why does she hate him? I mean, I get it, like, if he's just gone a lot, but all of a sudden, we're supposed to care about Will Patton's character because he shows up the day before. It's like, I might die. The whole world may end. I don't understand how that's a Michael Bay sympathy move for a character. And why would you tell the kid that at all? At all. You've gone this far and even explained him away when he's standing right in front of you, but now you're going to tell the kid... Yeah, that's your dad. That and not even like right he there. saved the planet, that's your dad, but like he's going into space with a bunch of other like half wits. Like guys that, yeah. that have five o'clock shadows at 6 a.m. I mean, what 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 is the take there? It just seems like the scene could be done later in the movie and could be more effective, but he just stuck it there. And it's like, dude, this is this thing's already a fucking editing frenzy nightmare. Like, it's two and a well, half they, they hours had, long yeah. and they had to devote 10 extra minutes to show this bullshit about, well, okay, well, what's his story going to be? Because he wouldn't be at the strip club for reasons. Oh, well, let's make him have a kid yeah. with a with an estranged partner or something. Like, to what end? Why does that matter? Why are we an hour and 15 into this movie and we're just now getting to the fucking asteroid? This movie should have been an hour 30. Hour 40, it, yeah, hour 45 yeah. tops. It, yeah. it could have been so much shorter, but they've got to have... These silly like moments where I guess you're supposed to develop some sort of care or relationship with any of the characters because they dance on a hospital bed funny. What like every single scene of the crew is just there to make them seem like aren't roughnecks funny. 
Yeah, Aren't, just say relatable. Have yeah. like, like maybe a, the w- first scene with Bruce Willis, he's fucking shooting a shotgun at Ben Affleck on an oil rig. On an oil Wait, rig. So, so is it salt shot? Is that what he says, or is it actual buckshot? I I don't I don't know. Does don't it matter? Yeah. I, I think he says something like this is getting illegal now, and I think he says something about like it's just salt rock. He'll be fine. I think there's a quick line, but it's almost like so much noise is happening on the oil rig, you don't actually catch it. I know, but the the ricochet got his leg, and it's still... Well, I mean, like, when you see the shit hitting the environment around Ben Affleck, it's like, that doesn't look like fucking salt rock to me. I mean, it's destroying He points a shotgun in one of the characters' faces and tells him to move. Yeah. What the fuck is this? The point is, he's still shooting a gun... On an oil rig. Yeah, on on an an oil rig. rig. That does have a fire, like, ten seconds later. Right. And, and yeah, it has a fire, and I guess that moment is supposed to show, like, see, these drillers can really handle a tense life-or-death situation where people could die. It's like, yeah, man, I get that. Oil rigging probably is a really difficult job that takes a lot of skill yeah. and tradesman ability. Yeah. I get that, but that doesn't mean they are the fucking contenders to send up into space to do a all-or-nothing job that cannot go wrong. It's just it's just goofy shit. I have a quick was... question about something real quick. So we established that uh, Liv Tyler is sort of like the company liaison with the international accounts, right? Like yeah. with with the Chinese. Yeah. So she's wearing like that fucking chopstick in her hair geisha outfit. So they established at that point there are fifteen days left, right, or eighteen or whatever. Whatever the, the I think at that point it's still eighteen. It's still eighteen. Okay, right. So then when they get them back to Florida, it's like fifteen and some change. Well, they never like reiterate what the days are no. as you're going through, it. and it's that would have been very helpful. But I think they just I think they didn't only do shit. it twice, two two or three times, and it's always like at a point where. It's already like so close to it. They're like, yeah, how, it's how like, much well, have they done one in day. a single so the, day? The point I was going to make was they get time off the base because you see Affleck sticking Triscuits in her puss or whatever. And she's wearing a different dress there. But for the rest of the movie, which is arguably like 12 to 13 more days... I swear to God, she never changes clothes. You don't have to. Every time you see her, she's wearing the same. I think it's like a floral geisha outfit. Ben Affleck's on the spaceship. Why does she need to shower? (laughs) (laughs) Is that the way that works? Talk about your relationship a little bit more on my (laughs) gun. I think she's wearing different outfits. I thought it was just a jumpsuit. But, you know, for for everything we're saying about the movie, call me crazy. There there is a... I do actually kind of like the movie, given all of its flaws. I think that... The editing team on this movie did a phenomenal job given how much is in this movie. I can't even imagine how much raw footage of this movie there is. Oh, yeah. If you've taken your epilepsy medication, this is an incredible (laughs) editing job. This thing's great. I just think that like it's so fast-paced. There's so many scenes. There's so much that happens. And then, like yeah, the tone of the movie doesn't make sense. It's like it can't figure it out. I can't imagine like shooting this how it must have felt for everybody on it because they can't figure out if it's a comedy or if it's a you know serious drama. And see, like, I, it doesn't it's not going to make sense to anybody. But I think the editing of the movie manages to kind of make it work a little bit. You do yeah, well, get I mean, the sense he, of urgency. Most of the dramatic you elements. do get the this this sort of more dramatic heart stuff out of it. So I think they did a decent job, really, considering what they had to work with. I mean, it's just so much. 
most of the dramatic elements I think are like stem from the stuff with Ben Affleck and Liv Tyler and Bruce Willis and that dynamic. And like that wasn't even added until late into production. I think. I think Be- that was something Abrams like that. Or Tony Gilroy's input was well, like some. There needs well, no, to be well, more that grounding. Titanic. Titanic had just come out while they were filming. Right. And so like, well, we need this in here. Yeah, and you so, gotta have a I love mean, story. they literally like this, that right. that thing where they're in the uh, the thruster thing or whatever. Yeah. That's that looks like a scene out of Titanic. Yeah, girlfriends have to mm-hmm. not mind being dragged to this summer blockbuster. Yeah. Right. The the thing about man, I I really like honestly think it is just objectively not a good movie. I feel like the pacing is all over the fucking place and the plot is just convenient at times when it needs to be and things only happen for the sake of adding drama. Because I wanted to like this fucking movie. I've I think I've seen clips of it here and there. You've never like seen the on, movie before this? Not not fully from start oh. to finish. I think I've seen clips of it here and there on like, you know, USA or TNT or some yeah. shit like that. Just piecemeal, like I've seen parts, but I've never sat down and watched it from start to finish. And when I saw the cast and all the roughnecks that are in this movie, I was like, damn, I think I might like this. I think this is probably gonna shape up to be something pretty cool, even though I know it's just gonna be action for the sake of action film but man it is just shitty because it feels like <laughs> it, it feels like everything is dire and when everything is dire nothing feels dire yeah, everything's just, at the same level everything yeah. is like well we're gonna blow up the bomb early and then we're gonna disarm it at the last second we're down to our last drill bit we've only got one drill tank we've only got one shuttle left we've only got one team that can do it etc 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 and we get even when they're blowing up the fucking asteroid it gets down to the absolute last second where they're like oh it barely misses earth because we almost hit the zero plane or whatever this shit is it's just like Dude, you know they're going to get out. You know they're going to make it. Right. You know they're going to get out right in the nick mm. of time. That's- but you do five minutes of build-up just to edge everyone right to where Ben Affleck finally does jam that graham cracker in her pussy. Yeah. Right. So, me, just- but I think that's my that's the only point that I'm trying to make is that, like, yes, there is a, there is a weird sense of urgency to everything so high that it's hard to make it feel more urgent as it goes on, particularly in the third act of the movie. But I think that's the one thing that makes it kind of work is the way that it's edited, the way that it just like, it just, it just gets faster and faster and faster till it's, it feels like, Jesus Christ, how many shots did I just see in this one sequence of them trying to disarm this bomb? Like, cause it just, it manages, that's the only thing that makes it feel like the stakes are getting higher is the way that it's cut. Yeah. But that's it, like the only thing I would say, like, I, that's that one thing to me that's like, okay, by the end of it, it's like, it's full of plot holes. It feels dramatic for dramatic sake, but I did feel the urgency. That was the one thing that I was like, okay, I, I felt the urgency of the movie. It's. Y- it but does build bad boys like the opening scene of that movie which is basically just like a non sequitur they get carjacked that's the opening of that movie right besides like the bank robbery scene or whatever they just get carjacked and it's it's playful and it's all establishing those two characters and the point is is that if you have two guys not an ensemble but two guys that are so full of like comedy chops and charisma you're immediately like hooked, you're immediately in. And instead, they waste an hour and 15 minutes trying to make you fall in love with these affable, like character actor guys. And I think it largely fails. I think you're right. I think the back hour 15 is kind of like 
this should have been this should have been able to breathe more. This shouldn't have been so rapid fire. Even though the rapid fire thing worked, the editor had his fucking work cut out for him for sure. But if that thing could have breathed for like an hour and an hour and forty five, or even an hour and a half, get up there in fifteen fucking minutes. Just get him up there. And then maybe hold a shot for longer than three seconds because you know they did shoot it for longer than three. It's oh, edited God, down I can't to even three. Imagine it really does feel like you're watching two different films. It's like the first half is this yeah this comedy yeah. that's slower and you're yeah falling in love with these characters and then the second half yes. none of that really matters and it's just this crazy urgency for an hour. But you don't. Just, but you don't even fall in love with the no, characters. I, is yeah. my point yeah. in that. For as far as the guys are concerned, because they are the reason why I wanted to like the movie, and then the movie spends the first hours basically saying these guys suck. They're yeah, awful. They're, they're terrible. Bad. One right. of them's a fucking. They they repeatedly established that Steve Buscemi, who's one of the more recognizable people and likable characters, they just keep hitting you over the head with this guy is a fucking sex offender, which he apparently didn't know he was going into a role like that. I think he apparently like well, he, yeah, yeah, he thought correct. he just knew he was a geologist or he, something. He said that he was sick of playing sick sickos and creeps and weirdos. He had just done Con Air in ninety seven. And he plays a guy that they sort right. of allude to. Like he has a scene with that little girl having the tea party in the pool and it's like, is he going to molest her or kill her? Like what is about to happen here? And then, of course, in Con Air, the twist is, is like, no, he's just playing with her. Whatever, everything's fine. He's like a serial killer. He's a like Hannibal Lecter, but he doesn't do anything to her. So he's like, I want to play a normal person. Right. And then they start dropping all that shit in there, which we were talking about. Um, we were talking about Bay on Bad Boys or Meatloaf or whatever, and we were saying that you were saying Garrett that Bay loves the Coen Brothers. Yeah, and he loves using Coen brother actors. Like basically, yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, like, exactly. If I could be a real director, if I was a guy that wasn't so good at this specific type of genre, yeah, like I, he's he made Pain and Gain, which on paper sounds like Coen a, brother, a movie. Coen brother right. movie. So of course he's reuniting Peter Stormare and Steve Buscemi from Fargo in this movie, and Billy Bob Thornton's been in a ton of Coen Brothers and all that stuff. I don't think up to that point he had done anything, but mm-hmm. this is this is I think partially casting wise his ensemble thing is what the Coens are so good at because bad boys isn't relying on an ensemble the rock kind of is because all the bad guys in that movie are great character actors he gets some really interesting people but bay is staggering at who he actually gets to pull his bullshit off like billy bob thornton this movie doesn't deserve billy bob thornton in yeah. I, that's, the they, cast they, is surprising it's like very, even jason isaacs is in there very, and, jason isaacs who just did event horizon the year yes. before this and gets gutted he plays the smartest man in the world he plays the scientist and that's the other thing i would say about the movie too is that even though it's it you know rips at the seams in so many places that's another thing that i would give it is that many of their performances are actually really good considering how yeah bruce you know, willis is really is, good bruce willis is great Fine. billy yeah. bob thornton yeah. is great and yeah, I feel like they're great. I just hate the nonsensical logic leaps that people go through. I I even like right. it for as little as he's in there. Keith David is yeah, it's great. Yeah, he's, he's, he's great. great. He's he's my go-to for like military commander yeah. who you feel for. Voice with gravitas. That, uh, yeah. yeah, the other guy that works for NASA that's in bunch of things. He plays the bad guy in the Patriot. And, Jason uh, Isaacs. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. yeah, Jason Isaacs. Yeah, of course. We just did fucking um, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Yeah. yeah, he's fucking great too. He's like, really there's good a lot it. of really good performances. He's really, really good. Yeah, everyone's really good until they need them to be stupid or dummies 
for Bruce Willis to overcome. Right. That, right. that that's that all the smart people, all the people in power, all the commanders, etc., anyone, even the fucking guys commanding or commanding the ship like Sharp or whatever, they're all just there to be a bounce board to be like, "Damn, I guess he does really know better." Or some shit like that, just for him to come well, through. Well, no, no one's ever had a more punchable cunt face than William Fickner. Like the the guy who pulls the gun, I'm at the end. That guy, you just he's so bug eyed and strange. <laughs> you just want to punch him in everything you see him. But he's a very capable character actor. Like, yeah. And what is this? What is this villain shit? Like, what is the dynamic here for the third act twist? Man, you got to have something. Why yeah. to what to what end? Because it doesn't change anything it doesn't change There's anything no at all but consequence michael bay's all about raising the stakes further and further and further and of course at that point I, I think like tony gilroy or someone more intelligent would say the asteroid itself even though you were putting like properties of personality onto it and saying it is kind of presented like in this big you know darth vader theme playing like here it comes it's, it's approaching. fighting them on entry it's fighting them right. on landing it's fighting them at the drilling it's when, when, attacking. It, when it gets to that actual point in the movie though they never say it out loud but a smarter movie would bother to say like this thing's indifferent it's just gravity and velocity it's that's a fucking all this rock. is it's a rock it doesn't matter so of course what could make this thing go wrong the human element the human element's always more dangerous than anything else and yeah, this but it, movie it wouldn't doesn't like do the, that. when this is something that is for sure going to destroy the entire world if it hits it it's like well, well what human element could really you know fuck everything up right and What's so funny is they talk about like space dementia. when yeah, it space we dementia. were talking about earlier in the beginning of the conversation about like can't let the world find out because what will happen and it's like it will be biblically bad the breakdown of civilization and society and this movie the whole world knows about it there's literally like a countdown timer and address from the president and all that and everyone's listening on the radios and it's showing the Middle East and it's showing like Europe it's showing everywhere in a little Amish town I, I never they realized seem pretty okay with the with the news like there there's no like you do see one bit of like real riot footage yeah there's a little yeah. bit of that and that's it though everyone else seems to be like holding each other and like looking up at the sky it's it's like a campaign for like a coca-cola ad that's what this feels like everyone's just sort of looking up you know three-quarter angle at the sky in slow motion as the camera like does the signature michael bay move around right them. waiting for the bmw to come in and save everyone <laughs> god there's so much fucking shit that happens i never realized until watching it this time around how much like exposition you get out of like the news stories oh, yeah. and everything that's happening in the background particularly while they're getting ready to do the launch and after that yeah. and you're just listening to all of the new the casters like people talk about like okay so this is how much fuel they have and like this is this is what they intend to do you're getting all of this this data that otherwise would not be in the movie. Yeah, but none of it's, <laughs> it's like, really like important. Like I don't think no, I, just, I paid attention. I think to any it really of it. just it's it's literally just the way of the movie informing you. This is how the whole world knows about this. Basically, it's well, like, like this is the information that the masses know. And then you said, then it just turns into most people just kind of looking up at the sky, okay. looking around, yeah. and it's like, what is what is the rest of the fucking world governments doing about Nothing. like yeah, what is. Like, I love Mars Attacks because it's showing the other governments talking, like, on the little teleconference things. Right. At least there's something. And you're it seeing, is... like, some really, like, we, we actually made a deal with the aliens. They're going to come meet with us right now. I think it's going to be okay. And then you're seeing them just being blasted left and right. Like, it's, the whole world is full of naivety at This that movie point. is such a, like, not even subtle attempt at trying to capitalize on 
Top Gun and just like no. go fucking America. Like only a bunch of fucking blue collar redneck Americans are going to be able to get up there and stop this asteroid. Like Norman Rockwell was the director of photography on this movie. I think it is such like a slice of American pie with cheese on top. Yes. When you see like the, the the scenes around the world, which God, this thing's got a lot of fucking montages in it. And I was going to say when you're supposed it's to be falling in love montage. with the training sequence, all these guys. You know, you have scenes in Bad Boys where, like, they just go on for minutes at a time because it's just Martin Lawrence and Will Smith kinetically, like, riffing. They're just sort of, they're ad-libbing, they're coming up with things on the spot. He encouraged it. But with this, they say one line, then it goes to the next guy. He says a line. And I'm thinking, that's the best line they had? Like, And then it, the scene changes. The scene that's changes. That's literally it. Yeah. Like, it was just them to make that one joke. That was the best like when, joke that was said? There's a whole scene of Ben Affleck and Owen Wilson, like, they're working on something, doing something for the armadillo, and it's literally the only time you see them working on the vehicle, and it's just so they can say, "Have you ever seen Star Wars?" And like, that's it. That's oh, the, the chewy, whole thing. the chewy Han. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. what is happening? They need to get some well, pop they culture reference. Star Wars shit in twice, and they, yeah, twice. they make a pulp yeah. fiction reference, which at that point Bruce Willis had been in it, and Steve Buscemi, yeah, yeah. And Buscemi. And yeah. to what you were saying about Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. The difference, and it's such a funny disparity because fucking Michael Bay's making both of them, but the difference there is that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in that movie are not even good cops. No. They're not even good at their job. It's not like they're the best of the best. They're not Harry. They're not Bruce Willis in this movie. They're not the best of the best, but you come out liking them so much more because they riff and get to have time together. And when you have this big-ass ensemble and you keep just cutting away of, like, one scene. Okay, Steve Buscemi likes young girls. Uh, next scene, Owen Wilson uh, makes Star Wars reference. Okay, next scene, right. Harry has a shotgun in his mane. When is the time where we actually get to Yeah, next like scene, anyone? Ben Affleck puts a wee thin with Tyler's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> what what are we supposed to fucking do here? Yeah, like Owen yeah. Wilson maybe says like four lines of dialogue in the entire movie. I know. That I, guy that dies at the end, they're like, Gruber's dead, we lost him. It's like, it's, who? It's we so saw him like once. It's so funny that we make the joke that, yeah, you see Gruber like once and the most screen time I would rather see is, Mug Gruber in this movie. They got to come up with some stuff at the end there. The most, the most screen time you see for him is when he's dying but also for the rest of them for that matter you don't really give a shit about any of them either because they haven't had time to breathe bruce willis's death is really the only impactful one which show, the, show of hands right. let's just be honest show of hands who teared up really really bad in that scene all three of you holy shit <laughs> wow wow i didn't expect that it was a dry eye in our house yeah i i mean i i will be honest I was sitting there cracking jokes the entire fucking time that he's having that like last conversation with Liv. Yeah. I'm just sitting there like, this dude is wasting because we spend two fucking minutes for him to go, you know, I know I hated AJ the entire first half of this fucking movie. But when I saw him stroke your cheek in that turbine, I knew he'd be a good husband. Like, why, why, why would he fucking 180 so bad? I have, I, have you know a, I have a question real quick about that that scene where she talks to him. So, of course, for promotion for the movie, the music video, the Aerosmith thing, which we'll talk about, came out way before this movie to promote it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's showing Liv Tyler looking at those screens, but... Of course, the joke in my house last night was like that in the um, the music video. It's a real, it's a real, it's a her real dad, Kevin Bacon, uh, her real dad, <laughs> uh, in the music video. But w- the joke aside, is that not spoiling that 
she's crying over something and it's a scene know. from the movie I mean, and it's a, like it, i did notice that there are a ton of shots in that music video that didn't make it into the final cut of the movie a bunch well, of real which fast is weird because stuff. they used every bit of footage they shot for the movie right it's like for the movie. literally the entire movie <laughs> no they they just used the other three second shot they didn't decide to use right. rapid cut but that, you that's know, the chain gun used as the editing think, room all I could think during that entire scene was we spent a whole scene in the movie earlier talking about how, okay, the asteroid's moving. We're about to lose communication with yeah. them forever. And then there's another really quick moment where one of the NASA guys is like, we got some magic happening. We're bouncing the link from another satellite. And, oh, what do you know? We got communication right. with them again. And then here we are at the very end of the movie. And... They're talking like it's the most clean feed. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, like it's important. Any, yeah, right, it needs right. to happen. It's, it's, like, it's the moment where it's got to be heartfelt. Right. It's, it's, there's not even one static, like nothing. No. It doesn't dip out at any point. It's like this is, this is literally like something being bounced around like four different satellites or something at least. That's which, the way you made it sound. We, we talked about, Garrett and I talked about it a little bit before we recorded this, but like wouldn't you just maybe give the remote to Steve Buscemi, who's literally offering time and time again. Like, I understand that he's got space <laughs> dementia or whatever, but no, he doesn't. I, I don't no, think he doesn't. he's calmed down by that point. And it's like, I don't, th I think he still has enough grasp on reality to not want to kill all of his friends of like, yeah, I'll do it. Give me five minutes. Like you guys go. Yeah, like, he's like, I've got a spot picked out out there. Yeah. Let him I, just go do it. I did think it was pretty great that he's so convinced he's not coming back. He goes and borrows yeah. like 20 grand from a loan shark. A hundred grand. Yeah, something. I do love yeah. that. That's my favorite line of the movie though. It's where the loan shark looks at him and he's like, you're not going to die on me, are you? Because you don't look like you're too healthy. And it's like, God, they got the right character for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Michael Clark Duncan. It's like, no, I and think that guy's okay. But. He basically says, yeah, I'm going to die. He's, he's just like, oh, I'm not saying any more than you okay well he says not on this planet or whatever something like that yeah. but then yeah they're literally on the way back the shuttle is taking off and he's like easy for you to say you don't know a hundred grand on a stripper named molly mouth yeah <laughs> and Steve Buscemi impersonation. Oh, yeah. also by the way when he's saying all that bullshit they're coming back. All the climax of the movie and everything has already happened. fucking yeah. happened. Yeah. It's like, That's gone. They might have given you the remote if you had told them that before. <laughs> they're, they're about to come and touch down and meet every fucking street vendor and ice cream truck that's allowed to come onto this fucking NASA runway. Yeah. But at this point, why are we still taking time to have these fucking jokes? Like, I'm surprised they didn't have that shot of, like, the sailor leaning the woman over in the parade and kissing her in that last scene. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, they kind of still did with Steve Buscemi getting tackled by the stripper that came to yeah, see him. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan bending Will Patton over and putting his tongue in his mouth. Yeah, perfect scene. <laughs> It's just, quick, but it's in there, just like all the, the other shots. Footage? <laughs> yeah. I am, I, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that because I am so fucking surprised that they even waited for the credits to put that fucking wedding footage shit in there. I'm surprised that you that didn't come boxes, before it. Man, man I, dude, it's just like you really, you just left nothing to mystery, did you? Nothing to mystery. They probably would have put it at the end if it wasn't already so heavy on time. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like fuck. You're already at two and a half. Right. Why not go to three? Yeah. Why not go to three and talk more about how many crackers you can fit in Liv Tyler's asshole? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. I just want to get one more. No, it's, the first, it's the first one we've done. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you so, think your dad did that? Never mind. I'm not. I, gosh. Oh, we were going well, it, it is, on a whole other okay, level there. It is weird, and we'll talk about it during the music video, but it's weird that Liv Tyler's in like two or three of Steven Tyler's music videos in the early 90s when she's like 
17 yeah and they're very sexual her and elysia silverstone in oh that's videos. not weird at all that's exactly what well, i expect even the scene where ben affleck is fucking putting animal crackers all over her body it's a fucking aerosmith song playing, yeah, playing in like, the background jesus can you just fuck someone yeah. one time without your dad being a part of this <laughs> like I, maybe that scene in the leftovers where she like sure. that guy or whatever i'm sure they're playing sweet emotion or something i haven't seen it but it is a so. bizarre scene to have her dad's song playing simultaneously. Yeah. Um, one more thing I want to talk about real quick before we wrap it up is we have to address the whole like this also came out the same time as Deep Impact. You know, this was like a big thing in the 90s. Like, and a year after Independence Day. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, yeah, it's just another summer blockbuster. It was yeah. ID4 and then it was Men in Black and then it was this and then Space Wild movies Wild, were hot. Yeah, Wild yeah. Wild West was like the 99 killer of the 90s action summer blockbusters. But we had Dante's Peak and Volcano the same summer. And then, you know, we had a lot of, even um, uh, there was Deep Blue Sea and another like kind of shark watery sphere maybe was kind of like the, they're both like underwater, know. like sea lab kind of movies. So this movie came out at the same time as Deep Impact and they did ask Bay like, should we push this back or forward because we're releasing it at the same time? He went and saw Deep Impact, saw a cut of it and he's like, no. They are two completely different movies about li- like life on the planet ending asteroids about to hit. I could not agree more. Like Deep Impact as an adult now, I don't remember it that well, but I remember it being like an actual like slow burn movie that builds characters up and the asteroid does fucking hit the end. That's the action. That's the only action scene in the movie. I think if anything, Armageddon probably hurt Deep Impact's sales. Oh, a thousand percent. Because I do remember at the time. Did Deep Impact not come out first? I don't remember like what the month. I I think it was pretty. I think I think I I was reading that Deep Impact hurt Armageddon sales. I don't know. I felt I remember feeling like it was the other way around because Armageddon was marketed out the fucking ass. Yes. And so I remember seeing that everywhere and then basically attributing Deep Impact as being like a copy of that. And I think I probably wasn't the only one to think that way. But of course, that's just my own perspective of it. Maybe you're right. But I do remember that it was so big and they definitely did it that way on purpose to try to minimize Deep Impact's effect. I'm I'm, I'm sure you, you... you're saying that they marketed this thing everywhere, and I'm sure they fucking oh, did. Yeah. Summer blockbuster, oh, yeah. really. two and a half hours with this pizza lineup. hut, Burger King, Coca Cola. I mean, everything. Yes. Got what, their hands in this. what? What did this fucking thing bring in? What? Uh, what did it do? I yeah. got it. Um, do you have it? I do. Yeah. Okay. It, how much? Oh fuck! Well, how much do you think it costs to make? Yeah. Hundred million dollars? I don't know. I was gonna guess a billion. <laughs> a lot. hundred and forty million. Yeah. They shot, they also had a really tight production schedule. They had sixteen weeks to make this. Yeah. yeah. Which Bay considers ridiculous. this like his worst movie. Yeah. I would like agree. A, he, <laughs> you don't think well, the fifth Transformers movie is maybe the worst? I mean, I just don't even attribute those to be movies. Cool, cool, Dalton's here. They're just cash and checks. Yeah. So what, I mean, I would say he said that uh, if. If he had a chance, if he, were, he had more time, he would fix that whole third act. Yeah. He felt like that was rushed. <laughs> that was, that I don't was know rushed. if I agree. Well, I, I, meant, yeah, I meant the I third act of his agree. career. Yeah. yeah. I think the I think the third act is like a totally different movie. It's like... Yeah, he corrected it to be more about Steve Buscemi. I can't Steve tell Bichin. when the third act fucking begins. Yeah, when is, is that the, the two-hour mark? Yeah, what does yeah. that mean? Or is that when they go to space? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's, yes, the, that's yeah. the... um. Uh, 
eight millimeter wedding footage as the credits roll. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's talking about the third act. That's that's the point at which you've transitioned into a actual space movie. You know, the movie that centers around an entire fucking looming threat the in outer space. On. I was like, we take a moment to appreciate the fact that in the, the wedding sequence at the end, that the stripper is there with Steve Buscemi. I turned it off like, before that. Yeah, I, I turned that. it off, dude. I was laughing because I just kept imagining it like, she wouldn't be there. He might be there, but he's definitely got to be like 50 pounds underweight right. and definitely got track I, marks. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. As soon as Bruce Willis threw the switch and it exploded... <laughs> <laughs> I started I skipped I started skipping forward and I was like okay just get me to the next stupid looking fucking person on screen you're that guy that gets up like with his whole family before the movie even ends like 10 minutes before the credits roll so <laughs> what did it make US and Canada anyone want to take a guess cost 140 to 250 201 so it barely made it back okay domestically it made 553 million dollars worldwide wow yeah this thing was a huge 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 thing like internationally i mean but then again you've got bruce willis and all these people doing fucking black black gum or whatever whatever they were doing yeah yeah, whatever whatever pandering fucking i literally feel like bay cast certain people based on their international recognition especially willis though and maybe even aerosmith i don't fucking know speaking of aerosmith and and deep impact did uh come out first did come out first yeah so i don't maybe they were just trying to squash it i don't know i wish someone would have squashed this fucking movie i I, I, deep impact's probably a better movie too but it's been a long time since i've seen it i don't remember that. So we all agree it's a good movie. <laughs> but speaking of Aerosmith, let's um, let's get into talk the, about the something song. else first, and then yeah. do yeah. the song. And then get into Aerosmith. Yeah. Jesse, you remember the structure? He of the doesn't show? listen to the show. No, but know? I mean, it, it just seems like this time would be where we different did it a little differently because we're already talking about. I think it. people have had enough of Armageddon. <laughs> no, we are like Michael Bay. We have made up our minds on how things work and go against the grain of of our entire audience. Yeah. All right, change it. This is my freaky food lab. Make lots of gross things, and then you eat them. Make mouth-watering worms, succulent spiders, and more. Looks gross, tastes great. Dr. Dreadful's Freaky Food Lab. Eat sold separately from Fun Rice. There is a world inside your computer. A place where guardians protect the mainframe by battling in the games. is survival. The penalty? Deletion. The enemy is you. Konami's all digital. Today at 4.30. Reboot. Fucking baby show. Change it. (laughs) (laughs) See ya, idiots. I was was waiting for it. Waiting for the baby show call out. (laughs) We did a whole Beetlejuice cartoon segment and yeah. he never once called that out although i gotta say personally i gotta say i think i think i would prefer beetlejuice you i mean, would you not mean, you mean the, the person in real life or you mean the tv show hey don't get that crazy bastard Both. in here already said it twice <laughs> all right let's let's get all our negative t- negativity out uh for armageddon for an hour yeah. i think we just did that <laughs> let's, let's get all our negativity for the show out front and then garrett will bring us back to reality he's gonna, okay. he's gonna yeah, sell go us ahead, on it go ahead unleash he's, on it he's, he's yeah. gonna sell us on it so i know i'm not but uh go no, ahead no, no, and no you will this is a dog shit baby show with shit graphics, and I know it's the 90s, and it's stale bad, and it's a dumbly voice-acted piece of shit. 
I don't even know what they're talking about. Every time they make a reference to computer like adjectives or yeah. Windows ninety five references. Yeah, anytime they need to say something that's like a megabyte or a download or a firewall. Aren't computers cool? It's always just couched in some. Well, that's not really what. The, that's not what. The, that's not what that is. That's not what that is, is it? That's, <laughs> not really. You just heard the term floppy disk or hard drive and thought, huh. That would be useful in a sentence. This, all this all show, I can think is, of course, firewall is a literal wall of fire. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> this show yeah. is made for the kid at school on the playground that says he's a hacker who's like, <laughs> who's like nine years old. Yeah, he wears like sunglasses, a backwards hat, and he's got those uh, these like techie gloves yeah. on, fingerless, of course. The, the kid who eventually listens to the Matrix soundtrack while he practices the bow staff at home. Yeah, that, that's who this is made for back in 1993. I thought yeah, it was made was for me. The, I thought it was made for kids that ate glue. This is weird. Just Speaking of which, Jesse, what did you think? So <laughs> <laughs> he sniffed it. That's People who eat glue and make glue in their pants soft. Hold on, he he sniffed want... it. He ate glitter. Sorry, you caught me mid bite. Hold on. Um, I, you know, You're chewing your I, tongue. The one thing I will. <laughs> the one thing. No glue. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Talking about <laughs> reboots. I'm sorry. We, 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 we. This should be like Armageddon where there's no jokes. Yeah. You reboot your brain. So. The one thing that I feel like I will give credit to the show, because like you were saying earlier, Gary, like it's a serialized show. So coming in in the middle of it and watching random episodes is not the way you should approach yeah. this the, show. No. This so, is the first, uh, I mentioned off mic, but this, I think this is the first serialized, sh- actual serialized show we've done on, on the podcast. We've done a bunch of sketch shows and episodic shit, but yeah. we've never done something that has like overarching plots and character no, arts no, and not stuff. Really. So right. it's don't a little, sell me on it yet. And even I know, though there's I, like I, a I, even though there's a new a monster of the week, a new place or whatever, there's still like things that are happening over the course of the series yes. that don't make a lot of sense, honestly. If a you different come shade of it. fiery hair. <laughs> I would felt very lost the entire time. All of the stuff about like the users and trying to stop them from beating the games and stuff. A whole time I'm just thinking, why? What is the point? So, so I'm supposed to understand that there's a real person somewhere, not a part of this world, yeah. that is playing a video game. Is that yeah. what it is? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, that's it. It sounds <laughs> yeah. like you understood it, Jesse. I don't see what the. But computer. why are they trying to stop them? I mean, the, this episode that because, we watched, we picked oh, what well. season three, episode seven, I think. Three. Firewall. Season three, episode three. Episode three, and the very beginning of this episode. Santa Claus is on skis riding down a mountain. I like the beginning because it's, it's a Bond thing, though. I like the Bond. And it is kind of, there there are cool. a lot of Bond references in it. The yeah. opening, the song Which, was like, probably the best part of the this episode. This is 97, like, so this is like Pierce Brosnan like at the height of his Bond powers. Right, so they're yeah. clearly like, that's back in the side, Particularly guys. with the song and everything. Yeah. They nailed the Bond theme really And well. the opening credits are sexy. <laughs> right. I mean, they're kind of, like, you know, I feel like I beat off to every okay, show that, when I was a kid. <laughs> this, is, this is like the only... Only show. I'm looking at the characters and I'm like, yeah, I can understand why I was beating off to where in the world is Carmen Sandiego yeah. and not the. <laughs> well, okay, there is a thing, and like the first two seasons, which I'll, I'll talk about a little bit. There's a big difference between the first two and the second uh, and the third because uh, they it ran on ABC for the first two and then gets canceled and for picked, two years. Yeah, yeah, for two years and then gets picked up like after a two year hiatus. But ABC, which was very strict and had like a boards of standards and practices. 
uh, made them tone down the sexiness of the char- some of the female characters. Oh, you mean the buff pink one? Fuck, she made my CGI dick hard. <laughs> that was the third season, so they could bring the buff pink one back. She's got like, fiery wow. hair. The one that looked like fucking Harley Quinn meets Lawnmower Man? Is yeah. that the one you're talking about? No, nah, I, I think it was like Dot, who's like the main female yeah, character. Yeah, Dot's the main fe- The one with like the yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, butch yeah. cuts. Yeah. yeah, and then there's a later on in the third season, there's a few others that come in. That are, yeah, there's a lady with the fiery hair with all the cleavage, which I, if I was and a sword. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea who. No, she there's was. another one yeah, I totally jerked lost. off to, but um, <laughs> yeah, cut the, me fall. Yeah, yeah. What was so, the dog's name, Garrett? <laughs> <laughs> I, so any frisket. Go I was ahead. Just to the to the what I what I was saying earlier was that I still can't wrap my head around like the Santa Claus is coming down a mountain. The 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 main characters are trying to stop him. They kill Santa, and that's the opening scene before well, the Santa bombs is a are real. Santa. Right, it's a person. It's a user. It's someone playing yeah. a video game. Yes. but I Santa Claus still isn't real on the show. But he's real in life. And he brought me back to life and Garrett. Why are they trying to stop people from winning the video game? So the uh, concept of the show it takes place in a world called Mainframe, which is the inside of a computer. Uh-huh. Um, th- thanks, for- Hey, you want to do it some more? Oh fuck! Is he? Asleep? I had that sound on my. <laughs> it sounded very loud. Did it really? It distracted me. Like These the headphones make really this are. distracting. <laughs> Um, but takes place inside a computer and these, uh, main characters are like this guardian, Bob and his friends or whatever. And those are the protagonists and they're protecting it from the users who are playing video games. And like, it's these game cubes that descend down on whole city blocks. And basically if, uh, uh, user beats the game or them playing is like killing the people that live in those areas. It nullifies them, it says. So like it's actually destroying the whole areas that they descend upon. So it's like an augmented reality existential shit? Yeah, pretty much. Combating? Like they're literally huh. dying and so the Guardians get in there and they try and stop the user from wanting to save that portion of the computer. Uh, or of the mainframe, or okay. which translates to the real world. E- what? <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Just stick on. with stick with me okay. here. Okay, I'm a computer chip. Yeah, you're a computer. And I'm chip. hard. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> are, you, are you happy with a computer chip? Wait, explain oh, the second part. All the CGI girls make me want to ram them. You got and it. that was a computer chip. That is better written than that. That is reboot. actually really good. I'm. Yeah. I'm. Uh, that's, I'm just I'm, saying the girl with the sword makes me breathe heavy. Yeah. All right. Have the dog. I'm not all right. So, <laughs> the, and the other antagonists are two computer viruses. I want to get through your firewall. I'm going to give you a virus. That's all right. We'll just let him play it out. That last part wasn't computer terms. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Gary. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Get get back to what you were saying about defending the computer city from users that can't get hard. Basically. Dalton has cold sores on his ass. Well, they're probably seven-year-olds that are playing their mom's, like, Dell computer or something. Oh, so Steve Buscemi's there. Go ahead. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Don't worry. I'm just going to cut this entire reboot conversation. (laughs) Probably. That's the Reboot. Yeah, keep explaining the world of reboot. Well, and, and the other and main antagonists are the two viruses, Gigabyte and Hexadecimal. There you go. And what do they do? They try. They're viruses, so they try and fuck shit up and destroy things. Okay, so you have two f- villains in the show, effectively, yeah. or two different entities trying to destroy the world in which 
the main characters all live in. Yeah. The computers the and the the virus characters. Yeah. yeah, correct. Okay. So the uh you had the first two seasons which ran on ABC and which were very strict about their boards and practices, their uh their standards and practices. And uh, then it gets canceled after two seasons, and there's a two two year hiatus when it gets picked back up in like Canada, some Canadian channel. Which is it's bizarre really that it gets picked back there. up two years later. They're like, "What's the world need in 1997? Like, <laughs> the fucking Macarena's coming out, and Spice I'm Girls a, are peaking, I'm, and it's like we need I, reboot, back. a reboot to but reboot. But they, they pick, made the dog hotter. <laughs> yeah, but they Somehow. they pick it up, and like they since they don't have as many of those restrictions anymore, they can do a little more with storytelling. They can actually have more like character arcs than they had before it gets a little more of a serious tone um there's i don't know there's like actual character deaths and stuff i guess i guess that's the hardest thing about the show is that they're exactly what you just said they can get more serious and have more character arcs and have more drama in the series but it but looks it, like that but it looks like a trash can it it, it looks like yeah six polygons to every character this is the first just, uh this is the first tv show that is fully computer animated yeah. which first, is why it's the first of its kind it's so, so it's like, hard to care about green-skinned people wait, 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 wait. which is why i'm assuming that's why it got picked up again after two years after Toy some, Story. People, some people were looking at it and going this is a brand new thing kids will eat this up doesn't this, matter if it story's yeah, good or that not makes a, it Correct. gets canceled like, the year toy story comes out in 95 toy story comes out is like a force to be fucking reckoned with and then they go let's make something like this because it's clearly probably not expensive to make and no. this particular episode we watched... And it's probably quick. It takes place in a kid's bedroom with, like, toys coming after them. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, basically, it's take, it's riffing off of Toy Story. It's riffing off of Mad Max, or Wacky Races, rather. There's, like, literally a Dirk It riffs off of character. James Bond, that one. James the, Bond. the show riffs off a lot of pop culture references. It feels like There's, it's basically one pop culture reference after another. Did you catch yeah. the, uh, the cop car reference in here? During the race sequence, there's a bunch of cop cars that are chasing after another vehicle. Did you catch what that was? Was that supposed to be the Blues Brothers? No, it was a white Bronco. There, there is an O.J. Simpson <laughs> no. reference in there because the cop cars are like a big line of cars that keep like getting in their way during like the race sequence. So yeah, and then right after that, because I had messaged Garrett, and I'm like, "There's, I just saw a fucking 1997. Out of, it's four years after the OJ thing. I just saw an OJ thing, <laughs> and then right after that, one of the characters says, "Mind Fuhrer," and I'm like, "Yeah, I think season what? three gets a little darker." Well, I think the Mind Fuhrer thing was more uh, Doctor Strange love than it was like a I guess, but Nazi I, didn't, thing. I didn't even catch that reference. Yeah, I just saw the the wacky races yeah. ones and the Jurassic Park There's ones, some, and some he turns over the car ones. and chews on the tire and everything. Right. There's the and then there's the James Bond references. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, some episodes that have like uh, good, the bad, and ugly references. Yeah, uh, Mortal Kombat. One, one's Con- got the- an irreversible reference. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's, an, there's an entire episode about Ash and the Evil Dead. I think at there one is. point. Yeah, yeah, and that that one's like the the when the guardians or whatever go in to fight the user they turn themselves into characters from the whatever game they're playing so at the evil dead oh, one okay. they're the user is ash and they are deadites that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. 
And so it's uh, it's an interesting it's concept. It's just, and it, I understand why they would go for the fully CG with that concept because it's like inside a at that how, it's how like Tron. You do it. It's right? like yeah. Tron, you know, inside it was inside a computer look like. Right, yeah, right. But what is it? it? It looks like a bunch of green lines on a black right. background. Which, which this yeah. is not the only show that did stuff like that. Um, Johnny Quest. Johnny Quest. Uh, there was a show in I think it was 2003 or 2004 that came on Toonami called Code Lyoko. That was like half of it was traditional anime, yeah. and then they'd go. These high schoolers would go into a computer, and then it's fully CG. Is that the cartoon with the kids that have gigantic? Yeah, they, they look like upside heads? down pears or something. Oh man, where their face is so tiny, but yeah. their head, their foreheads are like are brainiac. I had a, I had a kid like that in first grade. <laughs> <laughs> Eat lunch after everyone else. Did. Yeah, it was Mike. <laughs> That's what happens when you wear when you watch shows like this. I, I think it's an interesting concept. And listening to you like retell how it interfaces with like pop culture references or. It just technology in general that's neat it's just man it really doesn't fucking nope. hold up it does not it's age so well if we're yeah. answering that question on this podcast doesn't age well no, no. it's, it it's really rough it it's very hard to see and but i there are things that happen in the show and like even it being as serialized as it is is was not common for kids shows like the demographic that it's targeting at that time and i now that is a common thing so it, it kind of I feel like broke ground in a lot of ways. It yeah, seems like yeah, it was going for like yeah. preteen kids that are playing video games yeah. and going to arcades. I, mean, I feel like on paper in 1995, it's like, yeah, this is going to be a smash success. Of course we make this show. Yeah, I, I guess it, it was right. where <laughs> fucking toys just make themselves. I don't right. remember where, like when it aired, like what time of day it was, but I remember being all in on any sort of experimental animation. Like even with Beetlejuice, the cartoon, there's the new segments where they have like the, Whatever that is, that's kind of stop animation, like with the assistance of computer generated graphics. There, anything like that, especially Johnny Quest, when I was 11 and that was on, I was all in on Johnny Quest because Johnny Quest, we talked about that and like people die on that show. And there's like, you can jump in anywhere. There's always an adventure, a new adventure happening. It's not serialized the story, not really. I mean, there's an overarching, like, these are the bad guys on the show that pop up more than once. But this show, for whatever reason, when I was really young, which I would have been eight and nine when it originally aired, I wasn't into it then. Maybe because, like, you, we watched the season two one, you and I did, mm. and I was bored to fucking tears. I didn't know what they were talking about. I didn't know what any of the references were. You basically had to yeah. be in from day one. True. And Though it, that one also, the one, the painted windows one you're yeah. talking about, it, it did have some pretty creative ideas i thought like some of the episode ideas are just kind of creative like it's someone that's has microsoft paint open basically and is ruining the yeah, entire right. town by like painting across things and it's making a turning like, things um, into abstract art the daffy duck things where the animator comes in there and like erases his bill and all that basically yeah like it, like where it's sort of a meta commentary thing on like this is not real and the the real world is interacting with the yeah, fake world yeah i mean for whatever reason, I didn't like it when I was young, though. And then when I, I guess I would have been 12 when it came back on, I was already into Johnny Quest and all that, where this felt like 
more of like a teenage show. It, it was a Toonami thing. It was like an adult yeah. like cartoon. That's where on I cartoon saw Network. this at because I didn't watch it when it aired. I I watched it when it came on Toonami, which was this pro- came on Toonami reboot. Probably about two years after the third season ended. So like ninety nine, maybe. Yeah, ninety nine, ninety eight okay. uh, would be would been. This came on Toonami, and that's where I saw this out on. Yeah, I, I was just trying to figure out like what that is though, of why this didn't appeal to me because that animation that that's all the hook I needed. And yeah. especially after Toy Story, you would think I'd be in for a penny and for a pound on something like this. And it's just kind of inaccessible, even though the third season, one that I watch, is more standalone. I, n- there's none of the main guy in it, whoever the dot equivalent is for the for the male characters. Uh, yeah, Bob, and Bob, Bob or like whatever. at the end of the second season, he gets thrown into the internet basically and lost and so that's why this takes a more serious tone in third season that just because... got me put on a watch list but <laughs> this was more of like the kid the kids episode him and the dog or whatever yeah and it seemed more like a standalone kind of like i mean there's other characters doing other things and i was lost on that shit yeah but i at least had fun with this and all the references but that second season one it takes entirely in place in the little cyber city landscape. And I'm like, I don't understand who these characters are. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what the stakes are. You were telling me kind of what the synopsis was. And it's like, I missed all of that. Yeah. I don't know. You would have had to like read a fucking thesaurus I mean, I, on this. I did have to do a lot. I didn't do that much, but I did do a little bit more legwork than the, just took watching. Took a week off of work and, <laughs> <laughs> and just watched right up on reboot time. lore. Yeah, I think no. I was kind of in the same boat as you. Like, I think I was probably just inaccessible to me because I would have been too young the first time around. And then yeah. when it came back on Toonami, one, I didn't have probably cable. I had to go watch, you know, I watched cable at my grandparents' house and I was watching fucking DBZ and like, you know, all the sh- other shit on there. I think like, that show I would was watch like, anything that came that's on not Toonami. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, that, but I think that show in particular was like, I don't know, I, I, I didn't even have like a computer really, a good working computer until I was like 13 or 14 years old. So I think a lot of that probably would have been lost on me. It's probably big part of why i just like i could never really get into it i was just looking at dalton like you want to make a cave joke here like <laughs> yeah go ahead he, I, he's just throwing it right against the backboard you can do anything you want with that. I, feel, I feel like we've had enough this mike episode. your computer still runs windows 97 okay like, yeah this is by the way this is mike interjecting the guy yeah. who couldn't figure out how to share a fucking file for two weeks yeah his desktop <laughs> still looks like reboot i took a week off of work and figured it out <laughs> I mean that's that's pretty much the end of it for me for reboot. It's just, you haven't even started. What are you talking yeah, about? No, no, no. I I mean that's pretty much the end of it for me in that I like what you and Jesse have said. This just missed me. This yeah. just wasn't what I wanted to watch. Yeah, it's a very specific kind of show, and if you don't hit it at the right time, you ne- you may not. I, I, I didn't yeah. even know anyone to watch it. Like when I was a kid, I mean there were yeah. plenty of just like Dragon Ball Z and shit like that. When I got yeah. to a certain age, are you not watching that? And I'm like, dude, no, I can't, I can't do that. I had one friend I mean, at that age. Like TV was noise to me, so it's not like yeah. I'm really trying to keep up to it. I'm just putting it on while I'm doing homework at the kitchen table. You know. Well, like my buddy James was like hitting me up for Power Ranger stuff, and and I mean I watched it from eight to like ten maybe. So like yeah. 93 to 95 and then I'm like this is fucking I mean you always knew it was bad but it's like 
they don't change the formula. I mean, it's not like there's any sort of evolution of story or characters here. Power right. Rangers was like Pokemon. Like, it eventually gets to a point after the first movie and after the second or third season when they go on to all this new stuff. Yeah. They went on and did the ninja shit. And then at that point, and they got new characters. I didn't at even watch point, the it's movie. Like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I think I'm moving on. But I mean, like, there were kids still, like, throwing shit like that at me, but I don't remember a single kid, like, even that one weird of, like, Ada's Boogers or something like that, saying, like, you watching Reboot? Not a single kid Same. ever hit me with <laughs> that. Yeah. We were no. always watching Dragon Ball Z when we came home from school. That was what we would watch. That's late the, 90s, right? Well, when it comes to uh, North America. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like 97 and on. Yeah. Uh, it was like from between the hours of 3 to 5 or 3 to 6 or whatever. That's what we're watching. Cartoon Network, yeah. After School, mm-hmm. and, that, and it's DBZ. And, and that had the good <laughs> rockin' American soundtrack on it, too. Yeah, and and so. we, would, we would watch nothing but that. But this is just like such a miss. I think it, it hit is, more in like maybe UK market or something. Like just different parts. Of, cause I, I did read like the uh, Painted Windows episode that we watched from season 2. That got pulled from... UK Airways because parents were complaining about scaring their children too much. Huh. Huh. <laughs> Which, I mean, it ran for four seasons and was like re. I'm not gonna say it. It was brought back. It uh, was brought back, and yeah. then it even went into 2001, like with with occasional episodes that would come out later, like even after it stopped in 90, they 98. Did like some. Uh, a technical four season, which which was basically like two ninety minute movies, right, right, um, yeah. And then like in, I think as late as two thousand fourteen, even they did a re- actual reboot of it. Well, I think they were trying to get a crowd funded movie going, like a ninety no, minute. No, there was thing. an actual show. Is there an actual thing released? It, I can't remember the name of it. it. It's reboot, and then there's like an undertitle of it. And, I but it, it's what like you're talking half about. of it is live action. It's like the Cold Yoko thing, where they're where they're high schoolers, <laughs> and then they find like this big computer room equally as big foreheads yeah uh, yeah right <laughs> and then they go into a, uh, a computer and they are the guardians and then that inside the computer world is cg God, that's funny that that's, like that used to be such an aesthetic like even like the movie yeah. hackers the johnny Lee miller Which thing with the, angelina the jolie the cg world looks way more like tron yeah than yeah. anything that and but that it, it should i i think this thing is probably one of the most dated looking things well, it's we've like seen. They didn't yeah. even have lighting back then, yeah. right? They didn't have lighting or anything. Or barely flat, even textures. Everything is stiff. It's very hard to like actually animate. Everything looks like Lara yeah. Croft's tits in the first Tomb Raider. <laughs> yeah. like, I swear to God, everything is so like conical and I mean, like, like uh, Lawnmower Man in 92 was probably really launch padding this kind of shit off of like, it's a movie that doesn't work on any level, but it's got this computer generated special effects shit that may work through the summer and by the time this releases on video it's going to be outdated they did a few things like that the only thing that really works on any kind of level like this is the matrix in 99 of it's more style over jargon like everything supersedes the jargon they're throwing out at you about like hacking an interface and all that shit. That is all just like background noise in that movie because they could be saying anything anything well, and you'll a, accept it as a more it's being martial arts. It's a, it's yeah. very like martial yeah. arts. It's driven. an imaginary land first, and that's really all that matters. Yeah, lo- loading the programs and all like like even the Matrix games sort of hand it like this guy was a fan of John Woo movies like Hard Boiled, so you play a level to learn your gun basics in a John Woo movie. Right. And it's like they're taking that same idea from reboot. I'm so sad that game didn't work. On oh God, it doesn't yeah, work it at all. Made me so fucking mad because I'd remember that game being really fun, but. Anyway, back to the show that came back. Which there was also a video game of Reboot. 
It was, oh, it was a PS1 game, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yep. It looked just like the it show. It looked better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have to try very yeah. hard. Same shit. Well. Yeah. I, I don't know. This this kind of missed me, and it is really hard to go back and watch. It's yeah. it's just something that I, I have no nostalgia for it. It did not age well. And also, I kind of... I, I just feel like, man, taking a series leap into a kid's show, like that's pretty that's pretty hard to do. Like to to make something that's not purely episodic or like yeah. you jump in like Johnny Quest and it's like, Yep, this is the episode with giant spider monsters. I mean, maybe you have to blame something like the X Files for for that of like there are monster of the week, but the things that happen to those characters carry over through the entire well, it, series. It matters right. a lot more when you keep making references to yeah. it or you keep building things off of like okay well this character is related to this character yeah it's serialized by characterization at the very least it's like fucking x-files or supernatural or smallville i should have said that it's like it yeah there's a monster of the week but it's fucking there's something happening over the course of it that if you jump in the middle of it you're gonna be so lost there's character relationships that change and did you have a fugue a second ago it's kind (laughs) of like you just rebooted what mike said (laughs) paul Schrader. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm more or less just agreeing with you that, yeah. That's more exactly or less how uh, saying like. exactly what he said. More, more, no, no, more. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I think I got space dementia. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. All, All right, right well, we better get out of yeah, here. I'll call an ambulance. Change it. Mom, we're thirsty. Well, I've got two glasses of Sun Fizz coming right up. Sun Fizz, that's our favorite. That's because there's a delicious ray of sunshine in every drop. <laughs> Trust your gut, not some cartoon character. <laughs> all, right, all right, boys, lighters out, okay? How much Light. boom top they got on that shit? We're on the song Jesus, now, Jesse. Lighters out, you gonna soak the guitar in lighter fluid first? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's his New Year's resolution to light that fucking guitar on fire. <laughs> yeah. Get over your fucking head. Spare us. Excuse me. Go ahead. Yeah. You say sparrows? Spare us. <laughs> no, okay, I thought you were still talking about it. You're right. Go ahead. Yeah. It, well, well, it starts out like. Dun, dun, dun. The. Jesse knows it. Okay, that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> right. I'll, I'll, I'll do the I'll do the Nosferatu fingers. Go ahead. <laughs> I could stay look, awake look. Just to hear you breathe. <laughs> Watch you smile while you're sleeping, while you're far away and dreaming. I could spend my life in the sweet surrender. I could stay lost in this moment forever. Every moment spent with you Oof. is a moment I treasure. Don't want to close my eyes. Close your mouth. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss a thing. You miss the right rhythm. Here. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's it. Yeah, animal yeah, crackers it. in my daughter's pussy. <laughs> I've got a mouth like a horse pussy. You know, 
I have been really light on the misogyny this episode, but having said that, Steven Tyler is the ugliest woman I've ever tried to beat off to <laughs> in right, a music I, video. I know you guys got self-loaded. Donk, donkey swamp witch with Nosferatu fingers. I don't, Steven know, Tyler, I don't know how my mom is that wakes up in the morning every day and gets out of bed, and she got kissed by him one time. Is this real? This is a real true story. Yeah. She got kissed by Steven Tyler. I'm yep. so sorry. I know, right? <laughs> how did she how did she move the crow feathers out of the way to kiss him? I'm just curious. No, she he used to treat her one on her and she was like 15. Yeah, of course. No, what in the no. fuck is happening? <laughs> Why didn't we just lead with this? <laughs> Wait. Okay. All right. Jesse tell this the story gonna a, again. This is going to be a 4-hour episode. Jesse, what happened? So my mom went to, I'm not sure if it was an Aerosmith show. Or I would it hope was so. Like, or it was a, Did he come to her? Or maybe it was at a festival yeah, where house. they were also playing. The same Either two way, dentists you know, my mom, she was like, she, like many of her friends, would try to go catch glimpses of the band like after the shows that they would go to. Which, true story, she also almost got the chance to meet Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, and her friends did because they went to the hotel. They were staying at the next morning after a show, but she didn't want to get out of bed. Which is that's where I get this, that from. This is when but, we notice finally how big Jesse's lips are and start asking a lot of fucking questions. <laughs> Jesse, why but do anyway, you finger Jesse, fucking goes, the air so Jesse, much? Did Steven Tyler they... put animal crackers in your mom's? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you. Go why ahead. do your lips look that's like where another the idea tongue? Came from. <laughs> but of course, they they knew where their tour buses were or whatever, so they go over there to try and catch them before they get on. And sure enough, they're coming out and everybody's going nuts and they're walking back to their buses and he just sees her. Pulls her out of the crowd and plants one on her, and then goes about their fucking day. I'm not making this up. I swear so, to God, she's told me the story several times. Stephen B- Tyler had a book came out recently, I think it was or something, where he's talking about his sexual escapades uh, when they Is were touring. Is that what we're gonna call him? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna call Instead him that. And he talks about this one, this one, uh, <laughs> offenses. this yeah. one girl who is clearly underage. I don't know if he calls out like her age specifically, but he describes her as not as there wasn't a hair on it. <laughs> as this one girl that that he could be me. Wow. <laughs> no, you were the hair. Yeah. Go so. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, razors existed back then. Like that doesn't necessarily mean no. It, the way was, what was the context? I, I'd have to look it up again. I okay, didn't. but the weird. I was f***ing this child, <laughs> and there wasn't a hair on it. Is that basically what it said? But, you, you don't have which, to look it up. Okay, no, I do because I, I don't remember. But, but that's it, a, that's a weird thing to say, regardless. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. a weird. Th- it doesn't matter. It that's doesn't like matter. a bragging way of like, oh yeah, that especially grass considering on the, field. the thing that isn't Liv Tyler's mom. Like, wasn't she a minor? When they like got together, you mean, was Liv Tyler a minor when he put her in all of his videos stripping with Alicia Silverstone? Yeah, I think so. I think there's enough evidence to point to the fact that I think we all know what the fuck here means when this is some creep shit. Speaking of hair, while he looks that comment yeah, up, yeah, he, right, he he explicitly said she was 16. Huh. Well, that's different than she didn't have hair on her pussy. Well, he, he does. No, he does say that, though. Oh, oh but okay. it, but it's weirder that he states yeah. that to follow up. So he yeah. just direct and, quote and in bold. He she was sixteen. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And what what age was it? It was what, like in the seventies or something. I don't know. How old but. was he? And how old were his lips? <laughs> those those lips are Methuselah's age at it, all times. He looks. That's a weird thing to put in a book in 2023. Every time he cradles that fucking microphone and his feathered hair. 
lingers across those. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna say his face is only cheekbones and lips. That's yeah, all it he is. He looks right? like an alien yeah, yeah. got exposed to radiation in Dracula's closet. <laughs> right, those tombstone <laughs> teeth of his are yeah. jutting out Start of that. Start turning me on. <laughs> <laughs> he is sitting there licking that microphone so closely, doing his little vampire finger look. And at one point, his wardrobe changes, and he's got this like feathered shawl across his shoulders, along with his like crows hair that is going on this this is he he looks like he's trying to imitate edward scissorhands at points i just don't know what fucking tim burton flick he just walked off of i would love to see like a a scene of attacks (laughs) see a scene of him like walking and his shadow is autonomous like fucking bram stoker's dracula like he's just got those fucking gnarled claws hanging out and speaking of we were talking about hair the award for worst facial hair of all time goes to every other member of Aerosmith in this <laughs> fucking video. Dude, Joe Perry looks like Dirk Dastardly in this. He's got like these little pirate like hints of mustache and then like a, a triangle goatee. I was it- going to ask, are they playing this music? Is this a concert at NASA or at a shitty facial hair convention? Because <laughs> all these dudes... Tough look rough. Steven Tyler looks like a guy whose legs wobble when he walks. He just doesn't <laughs> Well, he was, a, he was a great-grandmother at this point. <laughs> I mean, look, what we learned in Armageddon is you can just let any old swinging dick onto the top-secret NASA base. So, I don't think Aerosmith is that much of a stretch, right? No, I, I just... Man, not even talking about the song. <laughs> we'll, I guess we'll get there, but the, yes, that all those dudes just look like dirty... Dirty. Just gross. Yeah. They yeah. look gross. Where we complimented. Not a shower between them. Yeah. Where we complimented extreme for being like well put together looking, just attractive men who look sharp. These guys look like they just rolled out of a dumpster beside a Denny's and we're like, oh, we could probably play at NASA, right? And Billy Bob Thornton's in there like, yes, come on. I need to look at the screen disturbed again one more time. Bruce Willis is here. Would you like to say hi? They're fucking dressed like him for some reason. Like these clothes they have them in in this video. I mean, just the entire aesthetic of this thing. This is fucking, this is a tough one here. I don't think the video itself is terrible because it's 70% footage from the movie, right? Yeah, it's mostly footage from the movie, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Seventy percent of their clothes are way too tight for this fucking love song. Do you, do you want to hear something? I'm, I'll admit something real quick. So when I, I watched the video and reboot first the other day, I watched Armageddon last night before the recording. But when I'm watching the video, I'm kind of like, first off, this is directed by Francis Lawrence, which I did not know about. Francis Lawrence went on to do I Am Legend and Constantine, and now he's made like five Hunger Games movies, and he's like kind of a hired gun now to make. Big Hollywood blockbusters, but he started off with uh, Constantine and I Am Legend. Like he's a very visual director at one point, and he made this. He also made like Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy. He made oh, wow. all of Jennifer Lopez's first music videos. Like he, which he also. That's had, where I've seen Steven Tyler. Well, he's got Ben Affleck and Jenny Jenny on the Block or whatever the fuck it is. But this is one of his earlier ones, and I was when I was watching this, I'm kind of like. This thing, the way it moves and some of the camera movements they're using to really accentuate like the song, like the sort of orchestral rises and falls and all that. I was like not tearing up or anything, but I'm like, this is kind of effective, like on an emotional sight and sound marriage of level. And I'm thinking like, 
Dude, I think Armageddon's fucking good. Probably as good as I remembered it being. And when I watched that movie last night, I'm like, <laughs> that music video makes this thing look like fucking Citizen Kane. Compared it makes to the, it seem like yeah. Titanic. Right. Because when you're seeing the scenes in the music video, all you're getting is the sound of the song. And I swear to God, there are scenes in the video that linger longer than the actual right. edit of the movie. Yeah, where it's propelling you to actually feel some type of emotion. Right. Like this is a heartfelt moment. And then you watch the movie and you're like, yeah. damn, rock is big. Rock is yeah. big. <laughs> After the same time, I'd watch the movie first. And then I'm still watching that music video thinking like, there's just explosions everywhere. Yes. There's so much shit happening. Yes. It's like, what is the context? I get I, that it's for the movie, but like... It just feels so just. It's it, very it, dramatic. It just and feels over the like top. a vomit of just action sequences. I thought the exact same thing. on the senses. Yes. I, I watched yes. the movie first and then watched the music video today. Yeah. And I just thought, this is too fucking much. And also, uh, surprise, surprise, I don't like music. But. I don't like love songs, I think. Well, it's I just, like I just a power don't... ballad, and I'm, I'm not a fan of most power ballads, I guess, but not, I'm not, this one is not, it doesn't This is it very, me. like, Michael Bolton-style shit to me, where I'm just like, I, I can't relate, man. It was like, written, what? Diane Warren wrote it, and she had written it for it to be, she thought it'd be performed by Celine Dion. Yeah, which... right. Or like a Leanne Rimes kind of thing, of like, this is going to be a very yeah. different song yeah. originally, and then... I think, but it does feel like a country ballad, yeah. also. That makes like way could, more sense. It, like it, that. it has been covered yeah. by. It was covered by Mark Chestnut, I think is his name, the country music pop guy in '99 uh, or something. Uh, no idea. But, yeah. uh, which it's, makes sense because it sounds more like a country ballad than. Well, it's like you said. It oh, feels I think I've very. Heard that. It yeah. feels very apple pie American. It feels very marriage of rock and roll and. Yeah. Deep country. Yeah, like, like, while this is playing, there's level. a fucking uh, rocket sailing into the fucking space. Well, yeah. this, right. this is like the beginning, I think, though, of Aerosmith moving kind of closer into like pop. Not pop, but like when they do that, pink is the color of your cherry bullshit. Because I think the <laughs> early. <laughs> do that again. Pink. That's how that song sounds. Oh, it, never mind. I, I do mean, like sure. love I, I will also say, I'm. Not a big Aerosmith fan I at would, all. Don't dude, really like them. I was like just going to say that. I, I would say late 80s and early 90s, there's more fucking bangers and hits than you think there are. They're, there's they, more than you yeah. think. They're, they're very well I maybe. I know they've got hits, but I'm just... But after listening, to, yeah, after listening to this, I was like, dude, I don't think I like Aerosmith. Yeah, and this, <laughs> is their, don't. this is their biggest hit, too. I've told you, man, like when I was eight... And I actually like thought I was getting into music. I remember asking for a Walkman CD player so I could, you know, go to school with it or whatever. And I got four Aerosmith CDs. And there was one called Big Ones, which was just like all their hits. And it was kind of like a best of Aerosmith thing. Was it about how big titties go? No, but I think there's a lot of like titty stuff on the actual liner notes. Uh, and then Get a Grip is like the cow's udders that have like the nipple piercing through one of the udders. There are good songs. There are like to this day when I go back and listen to early 90s music and late 80s, there's a lot of fucking Aerosmith songs where I'm like, they used to actually be a band. And then in the late 90s, they sort of did like a re-imaging thing, kind of like when they did the Run DMC cover of Walk This Way. Like that was them going, well, what's the big thing right now? Because we're having a hard time selling albums. And it's like rap. Rap is kind of like rap funk is the big thing. So they yeah. did the Walk This Way, like rock, like rap crossover with Run DMC. So this is yeah. sort of their late 90s, like pop is reigning supreme. It's beginning to push all rock out. 
and something like Aerosmith, which is classic rock at that point, inarguably, what can we do? And it's like, look, put hipper. on three more ascots tied yeah. around his arm. I think yeah. their I think their cover of "Come Together" is better than the Beatles version. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, but, so they, they basically had all these Aerosmith songs on the the soundtrack for the movie, like in the movie, and they didn't have like a big big single. And so, like, what was like three weeks before the fucking movie releases, or they were like wrapping the movie up. And they basically said, we have this song written by this lady. Can we just get Aerosmith to do it? And they brought them in and they shot it in like three days. Like they knocked the whole thing out pretty quick. Do you think that they cast Liv Tyler so that they could get to her dad to do the music video? Some, the song? I swear there's something there. There's <laughs> I, I don't want right. to be like called nepotism, but I mean, obviously. But kind of is. though. Yeah. But, yeah. but at the same time, it's like, did she do anything wrong no. or like was bad in any way? No, I feel like, no. I mean, maybe. But this was also why? like her first big thing, really, I think. I, I, uh, you know what? Empire I, Records talk- is. She's, she's like the I guess. lead in yeah. that. And I mean, she's even yeah. working with like Bertolucci and Stealing Beauty and all that. Like she's working with pretty we, big directors. And we talked about the entirety of Armageddon and spared no expense at shitting on it. And I don't think we dogged her out no, once. No, no. I mean, just no. maybe the clothes she wears. We dogged her character that has nothing to do besides like cry out a screen and, and say my family's them. up there. You know, yeah. that was my girlfriend's biggest complaint last night was she was basically saying like the first hour and 15 minutes she's Liv Tyler's pretty assertive and it keeps yeah. being reestablished. Like she's raised by roughneck. She's kind of a roughneck herself. And that's like her realization is I don't want to be away from you. But I, once again, in the space, there's nothing for her to do. Well, right. she's sitting there and basically my girlfriend's thing was like, she starts talking. She said baby voice. Every time you see her talk, she's like, bum, 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 bum. she's not strong. She's not assertive. The only thing she says over like a certain pitch is like, that's my family up there and puts Billy Bob Thornton in an arm bar or whatever. That's it. That's all she does. And everything after that is all like you know, murmurs and sobs. It's the very first time you see her, she's taking ownership of herself and, you know, seeing whoever she wants to see. She talks to the the Asian, like the exec company executives or whatever, and is speaking Chinese or like she's clearly like a well-educated person. Yeah, there's a reason she's here. Yeah, yeah like yeah. The, she has the job for a reason. And then, right. yeah, the, the, there's literally a moment later in the third act of the movie when everything's going on in space that Billy Bob Thornton's like, you probably shouldn't be here and she just looks goes i don't have anywhere else to go it's like yeah, yeah there's literally nothing for you to do in it's the movie like now. the officer and a gentleman like, richard Gill, i got nowhere else to go line but said like so demurely it's yeah, at, not effective at, at that point i mean really we're kind of like back on armageddon a little bit real quick but <laughs> it was inevitable <laughs> we didn't really yeah, talk about so, michael bay not yeah. writing women well but i guess we already established well, that I, I mean you know We've she done, really bad boys. she has as much agency at that point as the fucking lady with unnamed child that shows up more and i'm so glad you brought up the baby voice thing because we we did touch on it when she has the last moments with bruce willis yeah where she goes and has her final words with her father and the entire conversation she says dad daddy and does this like sad little girl thing but you're right like that kind of comes out of left fucking field it's two different characters i get that you're sad that a very grave situation has been thrust upon you but i feel like it could have been way more impactful if you call him harry all the way up until the very last sentence then you call him dad instead of doing this little girl attitude for 30 minutes before he even fucking dies anyway that's stupid i do like the exchange i think some of the stronger exchanges in that fucking movie though are between her and him because the way they communicate is so to the point 
Yeah, and like just that's like, the only re- relationship like, that you understand and that makes sense. But yeah. to your point too, like the scene where they're on the, the where they're on the set of the other Apollo mission and they're standing underneath the launch pad and have that whole scene, it's yeah. basically just a reprise of that later where she tells him not to go. Where what it should have been was them having an argument and it'd be a fight and then it'd be the final scene when she calls him dad for the first time and there's actually like a change in you know feeling right. There. It there's just would have made. Arc. It would have had more impact, and it would have made a lot more sense as to why Ben Affleck finds her so attractive is because she looks like Steven Tyler. Right, yeah. And that is why <laughs> she's so hot. Which brings us back to the yeah. song. But yeah, going exactly. back to that, Which like, song? I, I didn't see anything about that specifically, but I'm assuming that she was cast first, and then Steven Tyler was probably like, yeah, I'm sure I'll that, do the music, yeah. yeah, let's do the song, and the, yeah, be a part of this. That's probably more likely yeah. to It's happened, like a why not So speaking of the yeah. song, what would you rather be Clint Eastwood's proctologist or Steven Tyler's dentist? Or do you think it's the same person? <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like if you're Steven Tyler's dentist, you're probably safe as long as you're above 18. <laughs> I think I'd rather be Garrett's gastrologist. So what you're saying is not his daughter in any of the music videos up, <laughs> exactly. up to 1996. Sorry, just gotcha. need to come back to this real quick. Mike's brought it up a couple of times now. I've never been hard. Under, <laughs> his <laughs> underage daughter, because of this, his underage daughter is being paraded around in his fucking music videos. Is that not weird? Is she there was a music man? video of it his weird. that yeah, is three weird. minutes long and features a scene of her stripping in a strip club during an amateur night and then skinny dipping within a minute later. In fact, the movie reinforces it by the fact that there's the scene when Bruce Willis walks in on them in the hangar and catches them like starting to get hot and heavy. And he's like, there. what are you doing with those animal just, crackers? He and he just stares them. and watches them yeah. while Steve Tyler's song is playing in the background. And then that happens. It plays again when he's putting cookies in her puss. And fucking shit. Like, what I cannot what fuck without my dad's soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, love like, why what is dad what always like that present? in real life? Hey, like, they, they're showing like him being such a Casanova too. Affleck. He's up there just like kissing <laughs> shoulders and like biting shoulder a little bit and it would have been great if right when Bruce Willis is like alright I don't want to be here for this he's walking off and you just hear like kind of echoey through the room like can I see your titties a little bit <laughs> like just something so yeah. like Bostonian so, like <laughs> crude he's like put some together for me put them together for me <laughs> hey you know uh, I'm going up to space here soon so uh, I should probably see your tits so I don't forget them huh? <laughs> let me see a couple of them let me just see the nipples oh wait you're 17 oh Okay. Oh, that's fine. That's you, fine. Just, you just hear him go, wow, how do you like them apples? <laughs> oh, wait, you're 17? You oh, you dance yeah. and it's okay. Okay. You get it because okay. of school ties. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, fucking, I don't want to miss a thing. Um, I don't want to talk about this song. Did we miss anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, we, did we cover it? I mean, what what else is there to cover? Yeah. You know, it's it's a power ballad. It's a song. It's a song about Jesse's mom. The yeah. song is over the top. <laughs> the music video is over the top. Jesse's mom has got it going on. She's yeah. under 18. <laughs> yeah, under 18. And, and he kissed her for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Steven, oh, Steven she did Tyler. say it was Can't really gross. Really? Yeah, she said it was I'm gross. Sure, I'm sure he smells like a pack of cigarettes. No, he smelled like <laughs> licorice and fucking unfiltered cigarettes. It smells like Joe Perry's <laughs> cock. I do have a story. Um, I used to work with a lady named Yvonne. I worked with her for years and years. And we worked, I mean, not like, you know, at the water cooler I'd see her. I mean, we worked side by side for the better part of a decade. And I remember like years going by 
And she saw the cover of like a Rolling Stone or something that we were looking at at lunch. Like I was maybe looking at it at lunch one day. And she starts shaking her head and saying like, I'll never get over it. It should have been me. It should have been me. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? And she says, I never told you this. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. What 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 should have been you? And she goes, Aerosmith. That should have been me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, when me and my my friend back in the 70s, when we were in Boston, we used to go see Aerosmith all the time. I'm like, what do you mean you used to go? Like at concerts? She's like, they used to play at local clubs back in the early 70s. We'd go see them all the time and we'd go hang out with them backstage after the shows. And my friend, the whore, the blonde whore, she married Joe Perry. And I'm like, are you being serious right now? And she's like, yeah, my friend married Joe Perry. And I'm like, you mean like she married him back in the 70s and then like I got divorced? She goes, no, the whore is still married to him. It should have been me because she was married to this chiropractor that she was just miserable with. Like a guy that likes eating banquet dinners and it's like, don't bother cooking. I just want to watch the game. And don't bother with all that. So she thought that her meal ticket sort of ran off with her blonde bimbo friend back in the 70s. I thought she was having a fucking senior moment and like she's in her 60s. And I'm like, this is none of this is true. One night I'm sitting at my mom's house and my my stepdad's a musician. He, he'll watch documentaries about fucking anything. It can be like the guy that wiped, you know, ZZ Top's ass one time for them when they were too old to do it themselves. He'll watch that documentary. He'll watch a Ken Burns documentary about fucking Steve Tyler's second cousin. I mean, anything at all pertaining to like classic rock. We're watching something on Aerosmith. And all of a sudden, this thing pops up saying Billy so-and-so, Joe Perry's wife. And it's this blonde woman. I immediately call my friend Yvonne and I'm like, I am so sorry. We haven't spoken in years. Was your friend's name Billy this? And she's like, that's the whore is what she said. <laughs> and I'm like, she wasn't making this shit up. They're still married to this day. They've been together for like 40 fucking years or something. Married. She's wow. just like bitter that she a better she's, friend yeah. for marrying so him. So bitter about it. But to be fair, the Billy chick was like in her 60s. She's still kind of fucking foxy. I think that Joe Perry might have made the better choice. Not with the <laughs> facial hair, but... With marrying her, because Yvonne, I mean, Yvonne's fine or whatever, but she looks like a pack of cigarettes from Boston. So. <sighs> hey, Yvonne, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's I don't want to miss a thing. Ch- Change it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Change you. it. Do you person wear glasses? Yes. I'm gone. Me too. And you guess who? Not you or you. You're Sam. You win. Let's play again. Can you guess who? Guess who? Game guards do not actually talk. So he gets to the end of the story and he's like, they call me mashed potatoes. It's super fucking funny, man. You need to watch it sometime. Let me know when we're going here. I think it's funny. You well, have space to mention. Hey, Michael. Uh, what, did we, what did we learn today? What do we learn today? What are we covering next time, Mike? Uh, that nothing holds up from the 90s, I guess, because we shit on all three topics. <laughs> We're all terrible people. Yeah. And that like, somehow we've gotten worse at recording podcasts in the year that we've been doing it now. <laughs> yeah. That's really valuable. I can keep going if you want. Yeah. I mean, I can talk about you all individually. Instead, how much uh, are you excited about the stuff we're covering next? Yeah. Happy New Year, oh, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so let's go ahead and roll for the 18th episode. 
And the movie we'll be covering is Goodfellas. Garrett, can you please calm down a little bit? Now your panties are wet. You feel good about that? No, yes. All right. The TV show we'll be covering is MTV's The Head, which is a very weird experimental animation show they did in the late 90s. Who cares? We're doing good, It's very, very fucking good. The song we'll be covering is... Dreams by the Cranberries. Oh, I like that song. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's pretty yeah. cool. Cool. Any right. last thoughts, boys? I'm looking forward to the next episode. Okay. And what should the listeners do if they um, Look, somehow should... got through this episode? <laughs> if you're still listening, go ahead and like, follow, subscribe, whatever you do, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just keep on listening. Yeah. And then if you want some more stuff, you can go to patreon.com. Definitely. And yeah, check we, us we out. We don't beep out the racism over there. Hope you all had a happy new year. Stay I on. don't. Stay, well, okay. Are we done? Yeah. So yeah, if they were having sure, a happy yeah. New Year, then that's all over with by now. If they got to this <laughs> point, uh, New Year's resolution <laughs> is to do an actual good podcast. Yeah, we will not keep that. It won't be Jeez. here. Hey, it is fun to make those like empty fake resolutions. All right. Yeah. All right. See you, you next guys, time. You guys were empty. Bye. Not Garrett's tummy. I don't need a break, even though I'm screaming. One behind me and one I'm seeing, standing over me and beating. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Go on, Jesse, keep going. Keep you going. are not a professional. <laughs> yes, spend my life a lying pretender. Probably tell my wife soon after this bender About all the boys I've met Blowing kisses on tender I don't want to close my thighs But I think my dick's asleep Come on, I think my dick's asleep, come on Cause I can't get hard unless I'm sucking off a guy Even if she's in the nude I'll never be in the mood Cause I can't get hard Unless I'm sucking off a guy ah! <laughs> Why does your facial hair get so shitty all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs>